Fuck your bacon jerky. Fuck a piece of oh, shit. Oh man. <laughs> bacon jerky sucks. It's it's not it's not the bacon jerky's fault. It's Skype. Uh-huh. It has nothing to do with the bacon jerky. I'm just saying, I Skype's never put a horrible taste in my mouth. Bacon jerky has. Uh, it's put a put a bad taste in my mouth a couple times. Damn. Tonight, tonight is was was just another one. Sorry, audience, we don't mean to leave you in the dark. This is like the seventeenth time we've tried to record this podcast. Hey, I know you've heard that before on other other podcasts. It happens to the best of us. Uh, Discord's being a little shit, not want to cooperate. Skype is interfering with our business, and that's pissing me off. So hopefully this recording can go smooth. Fuck the bacon jerky. How about we just roll into the, just the snacks? Hey, Chris. Yeah. Let's try to answer this one again. <laughs> and Adam, all three of us. Name some comfort food that you have around your gaming area, your your battle station, what what have you. Like what's besides candy? Besides candy. Like what kind of comfort like chips, cookies, whatever. Yeah, I normally default to chips and stuff like that. Uh I try not to eat too much, but I also have lately been on a fudge round kick. Really? Yeah. I, I, I find that I, I tend to like my my fudge round and uh, oatmeal, oatmeal cream pies. Like I, I have kicks of those too, and they come and go. Like I usually, I usually buy the big box. It has like, like 20, 30, yeah. whatever in one big box. And I'll eat over a course of time, mind you, I'll eat one or two of those. And I'm like, nah, nah, I'm good for now. <laughs> and then, you know, a year or so will go by. It's like, yeah, give me another box of fudge rounds. I've been, I've been in the mood for those. What kind of, what, what flavor chips do you prefer? Like, what kinds do you like? Uh, what I've been eating is salt and vinegar. Oh, yeah. I love salt and vinegar, man. Uh, my my other go-to is uh, Cool Ranch Doritos. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I I have found recently a, a brand. Oh, I'm sorry. Not a brand. The brand is Doritos. I've found a flavor of Doritos that I love. But, of course... Like everything else in my first world nation life, it's a fucking flavor that's gone because I don't know it was some it was some uh, seasonal thing or them just trying out something what have you. There was a buffalo ranch Dorito flavor that was out. I had it last year. It felt like I had it for a good part of the year, and I think I got a couple bags at a local Walmart. But the majority of the bags that I could find, I could reliably find, was at a local dollar store. And I, I didn't care where the fuck I got them from. I just had to get one. I always had to get two or three bags at a time because I kind of knew they weren't going to last because uh-huh. shit like that happens. And yeah, they've they've stopped carrying them. I haven't gone out to other places. Like if I can't find them at my, at my usual places, like the commissary where I shop or Walmart or that dollar store, I I haven't got to that degree where I want to go. All right, let's go try the Winn Dixie. Let's go try this other grocery store. Let's start let's start hitting up random gas stations. Maybe a Family Dollar. I haven't got that bad, but oh man, they they're very good. And one of the reasons why they're so good to me is because the entire Dorito chip was covered in whatever that flavoring is. You know, it seems when it, when you get welcome to the Doritos cast, by the way. <laughs> uh, yes. It seems like it seems like when you eat a Dorito, uh, it, it's it's kind of hit or miss. It's like they just blow the dust onto the Dorito. And it's not, if the Dorito was, if the dust was a different color than the yellow Dorito, it would show better, I think. Or maybe it's just that the flavoring that they sprinkle on it is the, is like yellow or clear. But 
I know y'all know what I mean. When you pull up, when you when you pull off the bag, you can get one chip, and it's like, oh, that was pretty tasty. Then you get another chip, and you're like, damn, that was fucking drenched in the Doritos salt or in the in the, in the uh, Cool Ranch stuff. And you get mm-hmm. another chip, and it's like, man, there's this was just a chip. When you open this bag, and I'm not being paid by Doritos either, by the way. Mm-hmm. When you open this freaking bag of of, of ranch of Buffalo Ranch Doritos, every single chip you pull out of that bag is like coated all the way around with that stuff. This bag is dust. 50% by volume. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Matter of fact, uh, years ago, Zaps uh, released a, at the time, a limited edition flavor chips called Voodoo. And it's it's kind of hard to describe, well, to me because I'm not a fucking sous chef or anything, but it was it's basically like a, a tangy chip flavor it's supposed to be themed after new orleans and yada 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 Uh luckily that one stuck around like it just flat out stuck around and i started to see that quality over time shit where it's like hey now we're producing this in mass quantities let's kind of let's kind of scale back on the coating of of the flavoring right and i hate i hate that man those chips were so good back in the day now i I did write, I actually wrote them a letter, not an email. I hand wrote them a letter like, man, this kind of sucks. These these used to be great. Like every single chip was like a fucking tongue destroying flavor blast. But now it's like you, I'm basically getting plain chips and I'm not going to say my, my mail did anything, mother did anything. But these days I at least get hit or miss with, with these bags. Doritos though. Almost without fail, Cool Ranch, I'll get a bag that's pretty much plain, or I'll get an okay bag. I've never had, like, a super flavorful bag. Those fucking Buffalo Doritos, though, every bag, without fail, every single chip, every single piece of the chip. So, I'm, I'm hoping they bring them back, man. They were they were really good. You know what else Zaps makes that's pretty good? The, What's that? Those sweet potato chips. Are they? Yeah. I, I love those things. Oh, I could man. eat that. I could eat like, and once I start eating them, it's like they're addicting. I can't. It's like man. one of the few types of potato chips that I actually like. Let's do a quantum shift in the podcast. Now we're the sweet potato cast. That's right. I'm going to tell you how, <laughs> tell you how fucking crazy this is for me. My parents have cooked me sweet potatoes in every fashion you can think of. And I know I'm about to lay some out there that's probably gross to some people, but I've had sweet potatoes plain. I've had them with butter. I've had them with butter and 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 uh, uh, maple cinnamon. I've had them with butter and marshmallows. I've had so many variations of sweet potatoes, and I just don't like them. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it, man. I just don't like fucking sweet potatoes when you that you bake in an oven and you prepare them. However, shame on you. But sure, but but you give me a sweet potato pie. I'm gonna eat that whole fucking sweet potato pie myself. You yep. give me sweet potato fries, all over it. I'll get sick off of eating sweet potato fries. But you give me a gourmet fucking five-star restaurant place f- just prepared with the best ingredients in the world out of the oven, sweet potato, I, j- I just can't. I don't like it. I don't know how. I don't know how. that My mind, I cannot understand my mind when it comes to that. That makes no sense. Uh, we had, my wife and I went to a fancy-schmancy restaurant uh late last year and for the first time ever i've had a dish i've 
mispronounce called Chilean sea bass. I think I even mentioned this on a podcast, but the sea bass was laid across a freaking sweet potato bed. A bed. It was like a sweet potato waffle, not a waffle. <laughs> sweet a, potato uh, like hash- waffle. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm, hey, I'm, 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 that sounds like it might be. I try it. If it's not, if it's not just a potato. I'd if be it's fine. got like butter and syrup on it. Oh man. Oh man. But. Yeah, they, it was the so the the sea bass was placed on top of like a hash brown sweet potato bed, and I uh, so I read it on the menu. I wanted to try the dish, but I was like, man, I fucking I don't know, man, I don't know. But it's not in a potato form. It's not with butter and cinnamon and all this other shit. It was just it's just like and whatever they however they seasoned the sweet potato uh, hash brown. I don't know. But I tried it and it was fucking delicious. And I'm like, this uh, this makes no sense. I can ha- I will take sweet potatoes prepared any other way than the damn generic way that they're supposed to be eaten. So crazy. You know, something similar for me is onions. I despise onions. The only way I eat oh, yeah. onion in food is if it is uh, uh, onion powder. That's what we use for seasoning mm-hmm. if it calls for onions because I just can't stand yeah. them. However, I will eat onion rings. Oh, yeah. Mm. But that's the well, only see, way. I, I think with that, I think the batter saves you on that one. Mm-hmm. You know, because there's so many ways to prepare the batter. There, and There's so many places that, that have different flavor batterings. I think, I think that saves you. I think it also changes uh, the texture of it enough with the flavor mm-hmm. and everything else combined. Yes, yes. Uh, so to to uh, again pull something out of the loop that the audience wasn't aware of, Adam, one of our you know twenty seven prior recordings tonight, you had mentioned Chex Mix. Yes, you said that you like Chex Mix. I'm gonna tell you something. I'm gonna tell you a very simple mix. You may have already done this, and it's fine. I'll tell the audience too. You go to the store and you get you two things. You only need two. You need uh, uh, sweet and sweet and salty Chex Mix, and you need however you choose to get it. You can get the Walmart off-brand; works just as good. But you get cinnamon toast crunch. Oh, oh you go what? home. You throw those two in a bowl, bro. You mix them up. Thank me later. Is that is my that is my snack. That is my Chex Mix. Piece de resistance, and it's only two things: it's it's sweet, it's sweet and salty check mix, and cinnamon toast crunch. I don't know; it just sounds awesome. like pickles and ice cream to me. But I'll, I'll uh, give it a shot. I give it a shot. Yeah. yeah and if this is gonna out, make me pregnant, it. then you know I will. I will blame you. But uh, if it is pregnant, I get to name it, and I will name it um, Michael Maximus uh, uh, Sebastian. I'll be sure to name it right before I flush it. Just. Gone. What? Whoa! Whoa! <laughs> wow! Oh, man. But now, hello everyone, and welcome to the end of time. I'm Michael. I'm Chris, and I'm Adam. And let's not flush babies, okay? Let's not do it's a that. Food baby, human or animal or, or fish. Or, let's not do that. It's not cool. That's toilet. That's toilet karma, man. That'll come back on you. Right, that'll clog your septic tank. Kind of uh, cut it into little pieces before you. Um, if you're flushing a baby, I think you got more to worry about than your fucking septic tank, man. I think you got some moral issues you need to have addressed. I'm quickly. taking no part in this. No. <laughs> By uh, saying you're taking no part, you have now taken part. Are you a flusher or not flusher, Chris? I am taking <laughs> no part in this. 
Oh, it's time man. to get into some theory crafting before we start before we start today. Uh, All right. And I'm doing this for a reason. Uh, it is very so for the audience out there, for the guys and gals, the way that our podcast situation works is all three of us are recording this separately in our own home. And that's fine. It's it mainly has to be done because one of us, Chris, lives way away. You live in what fucking Northern Ireland or some shit? Almost you Canada, way, remember? Yeah, almost Canada. Uh, and we live almost at the Gulf Coast. So I mean, we're 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 polar opposite. Mm-hmm. And well, not really polar opposite, but anyway. So it this also affords some problems as in chris and i though we are family uh i suck at calling people and i mean it's a two-way street he can call me too but we just don't we don't we don't work together we don't live together and we're not in a situation where we can talk daily adam and i are co-workers uh so not all day long, mind you, because we kind of we we now we work in two separate buildings. Uh, we get to hang out now and again, and we get to we get to talk. And of course, as much as we try to save what we can for the show, we 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 talk gaming. I mean, it's predominantly one of the reasons. It's one of the 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 causes of this show even starting was just, hey man, we've been talking for I don't know like eight years now for hours on end, five days a week. We should record this, you know. And I, so, so Adam and I talk all the time and I find it unfair that man, Chris isn't here. He can't really be a part of this. So every time Adam and I have a conversation, I try to take notes and take, or take mental notes that, Hey, this is something we need to bring back up and we need to regurgitate this because this is good shit. Not only because it's good stuff to talk about period, but I want Chris's input as well. And the one I want to harp on today for no reason, well, probably because I'm still watching that Metal Gear Solid 4 video that I linked in uh, our personal Discord, but uh, check out uh, Metal Gear Solid 4 was a mistake. It's a very good video. I've watched the whole thing by now. But So I got Metal Gear Solid on the mind, and I can't recall if either Adam and I or all three of us have put this out there on the podcast, but I want to today because I want this shit out there if it does turn to fruition adam has a very cool idea a very like oh shit man idea about kojima konami the metal gear series all that shit so and and also just a little preface before we even get into this uh it is like the second week closing in on the third week of january 2019 I don't actively go look for this shit because of the game that it is, because of what I've seen. But Adam and Chris, what uh, what Death Stranding news have you come across lately in the past, I don't know, month? Anything? Mm, nothing. Nothing really at all. Been fairly fucking quiet on the on the Konami side with this, you know, Norman Reedus and uh, Guillermo del Toro and Hideo Kojima and Michael Mads. Like nothing. N- nothing's happening right now. Yeah, I probably fucked his name up. I thought it was Michael Mads. Is it Michael Madsen? Mads Mickelson. Jesus, he's 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 unsubscribed. Sorry, sorry, Mads. Uh, this was as much as I don't care about fucking Death Stranding. I will admit that. Uh, 
we haven't heard shit about it. I, I know it's a big enough deal that we should be hearing something. We should have had another trailer by now. I think it was absent from uh, the Game Awards, too, wasn't it? Fucking shit. Yeah. Yep. So, so, Adam, mm-hmm. what do you think is is really going on behind the curtains of, uh, of Konami? All right. So, picture this. And I'm going to call this out before anybody else can. Just so you heard it here first. This whole thing is an elaborate fucking troll. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Konami's in on it. Kojima's in on it. Kojima's staff is in on it. They came up a couple years ago. They got done making Metal Gear Solid Five, and they looked towards the future, and they said, man, we're going to have to, you know, we're going to have to make, like, it's going to be a couple years before we can shit out another one of these games. What are we going to do? And they looked at each other, and they said, fucking pachinko machines. So this whole thing, the whole firing, the uh, Kojima going to other thing, Death Stranding is actually the new Metal Gear. It's just been reskinned, and they purposely, purposefully made a, like a weird, wacky trailer to like throw you off. All of the all the people uh, from Kojima's staff on Twitter and all that, they're all just like, uh, you know, they're secretly employed by Konami working on other projects while uh, while this whole thing goes down. They they came out with a they were like we we're gonna make ourselves the complete and utter villain so they were like yeah we're canceling this and we're canceling that and uh, yeah we're just making pachinko machines now and they you know let let leak a couple things about their work conditions and stuff like that and had a public falling out with Kojima and all these other things but this was all just a giant orchestrated plot to get it to one moment where they go okay we're coming to uh we're coming to unveil the new pachinko machines and then. Metal Gear 6 comes up. <laughs> and then Parasite Eve comes up. Or not Parasite Eve, fucking uh, Silent Hill comes up. And you're like, what? What is this? And then all of a sudden, Kojima walks out the back. And they're like, what? <laughs> no, nah, this is not a Pachinko machine at all. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So... For those in the audience that don't watch wrestling, and I'll admit I haven't watched it hardcore in years, decades, if there's one thing that I do remember that sells tickets, that gets fans on their feet, that gets kids riled up, that gets people engaged in a fucking emotional roller coaster in wrestling, is a good guy turning heel is a good guy saying, man, fuck all y'all. Uh, it's, I've seen it again and again. I wish I had names to throw at you, but so many times that has been done. And mm-hmm. hey, maybe that's, maybe that's not too far reaching. Maybe that's what Kojima does because Kojima does like to pull from social media, from pop movies, culture in TV general. Shows. Pop yeah. culture, yes. So this is what happened. This fucker was watching wrestling one day. And probably saw like a documentary of, I don't know, insert favorite heel turn wrestler here. And saw this guy going all the way up the chain and being super fucking popular, selling billions of dollars of merchandise and being the the fucking kids getting tattooed on their forehead. That guy. And he goes, you know, you know, uh, we need to make some more money. We need to get better. How can we, what can we do? Conflict, man. 
Conflict. That's what you need. You need conflict. You need to get bad. You need to turn bad. But everybody will hate me. Nah. Everybody's going to love to hate you. And then when you come back around, it's going to sell five times as more. Kojima saw this shit somewhere, somehow. Or maybe he's just the genius that he is and developed this shit in his own fucking mind. What can I do to stir this pot? Because admittedly, Konami's fucking circling the drain. They're going around and around and around. Down they go. So he fucking busts into a meeting one day. And he's like, I've got it. I've got it all figured out. Sit down, folks. Because this is a multi-level plan. They're all got their paperwork out and they're fucking sweating and talking about whose bonuses they got to cut and what other game they're going to X-Nay. And they're looking at him. And he's like, calm down. Calm down. I got this. This is what we're going to do. We're going to make Konami look bad. But more importantly, we're going to make me look bad. And they're like, what? Here's what we do. We make Konami the fucking heel. We're going to have we're going to have you fire me. We're going to have you kick your number one star fucking pro player to the curb. OK, I could I could see it. And then we're going to start axing more of our known IPs. OK, okay. this is not sounding good at all. No, you're going to retroactively will. go back and remove my name from all the Metal Gears. Mm-hmm. We're, we're going to have all this content, and this is going to be outside of the game, uh, outside of Konami, period. It's going to be in the social media, the fucking game. Adam, Chris, y'all remember this? The fucking Game Awards are coming around, yep. and we're going to have Jeff Keighley specifically talk about me not being there. We're going to make this such an issue that yep. this will become popular the fact that konami is dying and the fact that they have ix they have like pushed me out is gonna be a highlight and i know what you're thinking it's negativity it's notoriety it doesn't matter what words you put on it it's still getting more word out it's still getting something it's getting people gathered around going what the fuck but it doesn't stop there it gets better we're gonna release it i kojima I'm going to release a new game. Oh, by the way, when I go to finish Metal Gear, I'm going to be so blatant about Metal Gear Solid 5. I'm going to put my name. I'm going to put my name across every act in Metal Gear Solid 5 to 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 make it seem like I'm shoving this game back in Konami's face. Like, oh, OK, yeah, it's good work. Yeah. Now we're going to make a new game. And we're we're gonna pull out all the stops. We're gonna get we're gonna get grade A actors and directors, and we're gonna have this quality cutscenes. I mean, hip, who's popular right now? Who's popular, uh, director wise? Uh, Guillermo Guillermo del Toro. We'll get him. Well, I'm already friends with him. I'm fucking Hideo Kojima. He's a good buddy of mine. Who else? Well, Matt Matt's Mickelson. He's I get him. We can get him and get that fucking dude from Left 4 Dead too. Why not get all these popular people? And I want you guys, the five of you computer gurus, just shit out a game. Just make it 90% CG. What's the story? There is no story. That's what we show them. We want people walking away from this trailer going, I have no fucking idea what this is because it is nothing and here's where it finishes years down the road when people are the, this audience is going to be so divided they're going to they're be devoted to me but they're going to be devoted away from cat from konami and they're going to wonder what the fuck this game is and they're going to wonder when are we going to give them more and we're going to give them trailer after trailer after trailer with nothing like no we'll give them a we'll give them a scene where the character's fucking walking around it's got doodads that does absolutely dick but when it comes time to release the game when it comes time for the final trailer 
it's not going to be a trailer at all for that game. We bring in Metal Gear Solid 6. Oh, by the way, here's my portfolio. I've been working on this for three years already. I got my other team, Shadow, working on the side. Not done yet. Not done yet. I pulled the Konami I pulled the Konami team that worked on Sweet Code, and they've been working on Sweet Code in six, six years now in the works. Silent Hill, remember that fucking PT thing? Pull some strings of that one too. Got a team working on that. And you wanted a Castlevania? We got one of those. Boom. We've also Boom. got a Castlevania Metal Gear crossover game. And Shake <laughs> cuts to Dracula and he's like, what is a man? A miserable <laughs> pile of nanomachines. He's and, gonna have to fight his, uh, his, his son. Is is it's you had the recessive genes. Oh no! <laughs> uh, Al Aladrak. It's, yep. it's Aladrak. And I don't Richard, know. Richard Belmont is like a ninja, and he's like jumping around fighting Alucard. Yeah. I, I don't know what kind of drugs you guys have been taking, but I want no part in it. Oh yes. Chris, you cannot deny. You cannot deny the utter fucking mic drop that the world would hear when Kojima steps on stage and says, oh, by the way, that was all a ruse. It was all a lie. It was all to get your attention. It was to get more eyes on us, negative or positive. And here's the result. Metal Gear Solid 6, Sweet Coden 6, a new Castlevania IP, uh, Silent Hills coming back. Konami's back all the way around, and all these games are releasing this year. Bye bye, Mike Drop. There is no other company, nay other person in this world, especially in the gaming community, that could have pulled that off but him. Pull the wool over everybody's eyes. I'm not saying it's gonna happen. I, I would love to think it would happen. It's more theory craft than, than anything. But what really spawned it was thinking about we really, we really haven't seen anything Death Stranding lately. And it could be because maybe well, they're maybe they're close to their end game. You know, maybe they're wrapping up and they're holding all this in. And they're just gonna drop the game and it's gonna be whatever. Well, but, let, let me bring us back to reality for a minute, a minute, and share something because while you were giving that ridiculous spiel i uh actually did some searching real quick because i wanted to check a couple of things but do you know the uh game studio gorilla games yeah uh recently made horizon zero dawn um mm -hmm. they got to see two hours of the game recently mm -hmm. so that's the new latest news on death stranding well they're showing off gameplay to i don't know why they showed it off to gorilla games Oh, I think it's because of the engine. Uh, it's the same engine. Yeah. I mean, you know, if we're theory crafting, they could be paid. Everybody can be paid. Everybody could be in on it. Hideo Kojima comes to your company's doorstep and says, Hey, can, can I get a favor from you? <laughs> I don't know how hard it is to make a video game. I'm a lion. I'm lying through my teeth. I know it's incredibly fucking hard to make a video game, but I don't think it'd be that hard given their team to make some demo thing it's just a fun thing to think about it, it it would be awesome on so many fronts i mean so much stuff would make more sense so many things would be 
I say partially forgiven. I mean, even like you mentioned with the pachinko machine bullshit. That's more notoriety that came on the company than they ever deserve. It, overseas, in their demographic, pachinko machines, from uh, from what my limited knowledge and research have shown me, that's a hot topic. That's a mm-hmm. hot thing to do. If you want to make a bazillion freaking yen, you just make pachinko machines. Well, Konami's got a lot of, well, had a lot of money to front this, and... <laughs> Over there and over here, Solid Snake is a fairly known person, a fairly known uh, icon, fairly known property. So, yeah, you know, Pachikos. But people just see that as, wait a minute, they're selling out? Like, they're just dropping the whole game thing and they're they're just, just whoring out Silent Hill and, and Metal Gear uh, icons to pachinko machines that's bullshit imagine if that was part of the rude imagine if that was part of them going yeah it's just, just bring it on we don't want to go as far as like sexual you know allegations and shit like that in the company but we, we want people to look at us and go oh Konami how hard you fallen for when we rise and we come back with all this stuff that everybody loves and misses they're gonna love us we're going to be the greatest company ever. Oh, <sighs> the dreams of a gamer, man. <laughs> and I mean, yeah. even all that, as elaborate as that setup is, not not wanting to, to, to tread back into the freaking Squaresoft thing again, but at least there's some evidence that could say that's that could happen to Konami. Not so much. If they told you they're working on Final Fantasy 16 right now, Chris, how much how would you? How much do you think you'd care? Um, I don't know. It's hard to say. I'm not yeah super stoked about it. If I heard it, I'd be like, okay. But really, I would. I probably wouldn't form a real opinion until I saw a trailer or something to at least yeah. give me some idea of if it was another 15. Yeah, I I feel the same way. I mean, again, we 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 we've beat freaking Final Fantasy 15 to death by now. But I feel if. I, I, I would I would have to look name by name and line by line if I heard it announced to see who was working on it, who had who headed this up and the art direction and all that. Mind you, this is all saying if I don't see a trailer, but they just just dropped that Sweet Code Six is in the works or a Sweet Code remaster even. Oh man, I I don't know, man. My fucking head would spin. I wouldn't know what to think, but. Not so much for Final Fantasy 16. I don't know. It's that'd be another. I'd have to see. I'd have to see who was working on what and who was all involved. Yeah, I saw a funny comment the other day. I can't remember if it was on a YouTube video or in a Twitch chat. Anyway, not important where I got it from, but the topic was Final Fantasy, and someone in there said my first Final Fantasy was 15. And it made me hate the series. Oh, God. That was just like what I was talking about, mm-hmm. man. That's what I mean. That yep. there, are, there are people out there that have played 15. I know I understand how pompous this sounds. I know almost arrogant how bad this sounds. And I'm sorry. I don't mean to come off that way. But there are people out there that the only Final Fantasy that they know is like Final Fantasy 13 or Final Fantasy 15. They're like, yeah, yeah, this is a great series. Or even worse, no, this is a garbage series. This, you know, when I went and played Persona 5, I was fortunate enough to have played it so late in the game that it was Persona 5 that I got to. Mind you, Persona 4, still good. 
Persona 3, still good. But that's not the main point. The point is, when I got to Persona, Persona 5 was my first. Holy hell, what a, what a gift. You know, what a great, gracious, awesome game that I got to play. Opinions are what they are, but 13 was not that great. And I haven't seen enough at all interest to play 15 at all. You have to look at somebody in that same light. Like, they're like, wow, well, it's kind of like when you play Persona. Like, you played the fifth one. It was great. I'm playing 15, and it's great. It's like, oh, <laughs> there's, there's, there's better. But there's better, but you'll never know unless you go back and and try. You know, mm-hmm. if 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 you're fortunate enough to to if especially if sprite graphics are up your alley or you're or you're even okay with sprite graphics, you there are great games to go back and play. There's at least one great 3D game to play as well. But they're like, no, I don't need all that. I got I got 15. It's great. It's riding around in a car, car riding, man. Right. So yeah, and I, I yeah, I just gotta stop. I gotta stop talking like that. One, we've already we already did a whole damn near a whole episode talking about that. And two, mm-hmm. I realize how sh- I realize how shitty it makes me sound. But if even if it's not Final Fantasy, there are other genres that had this problem too, where it's been like a mixed bag of of good and bad. Uh, uh, another example is Sweet Coden. Granted, that's a smaller franchise, and there's really only one game in there that's bad. But I mean, hey. If you played Sweet Code in Five and you thought that was the best in the franchise, maybe it is. That's apparently according to Adam, that might be actually true. But there's Sweet Code in One, and there's definitely Sweet Code in Two. Those are the prime. That is USDA five star prime choice cut meat of a game. So yeah, uh, you're very fortunate with Persona Five. If that was your first, mm-hmm. I was very fortunate. They don't always happen like that, and unfortunately, Final Fantasy is not in that boat right now. Not at all. Oh man, uh, I'm still reeling over the freaking. I'm still reeling over the the Konami bomb. That would be so awesome. What what a rocket up to fame story that would be. Mm-hmm. Uh. Maybe we could start with me, I guess. Fuck it, why not? It's not going to be that long, actually. Uh, it's getting a week's guys. My week's fairly short this week around. Not for any particular reason. I've been I I've been kind of busy doing the editing and all that stuff. But that's it's, I can still play games while editing. I can still play games while uploading. It's just I've been kind of busy this weekend. Really, really bouncing around things for many reasons. And I know if you're listening from the last episode, you're probably asking, "Well, wait, no, no, you're not. You're playing Red Dead Redemption 2. Actually, no, I'm not. I have uh, softly put down Red Dead Redemption Two. That was the last game I was working on. Put a couple weeks into it. I actually meant to, uh, before this episode, to get in to my file and see how much time I have. If I had to guess, probably somewhere in the neighborhood of 50 hours, but it may be a little less, maybe a little more. I am neighborhood of fairly well. I'm about three or four, maybe even more missions into chapter three. And I feel like I've done almost pretty much every side quest that could be done at least the ones that are automatically highlighted on the map whenever you whenever you're doing story missions right. so like yeah chris knows what i'm talking about when you if if you're let's say you're into you just started chapter 2 uh whenever the control gets back in your hand there's not just the chapter 2 story 
continuation marker on the map, which is usually right there in your camp. There are other NPCs in your camp that may have a mission ready to go. They'll be colored like yellow or white, but also in the towns that you've already visited, provided you set off their prerequisites, they will also have side missions. I didn't make it a point to go to every single town and talk to every single NPC and unlock or start every single mission possible, but I did do a fair bit. I think for every one story mission, I did one or even two extra missions or side missions. I've done a lot of st I've I've done what I feel is a lot of stuff and man so let me let me let me get the 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 spoiler free stuff out of the way it's gonna be fairly spoiler free anyway because Adam has not played it yet as of, well he hasn't played enough of it as of this podcast mm -hmm. and of us and of us three Chris is the only one that's actually beat it mm -hmm. so I I I feel so bad saying it this way only because i know the work and dedication that went into this game much like any rockstar game the the level of quality is there the detail is there all the little polishes and touches are all there all that being said i hate saying it like this but the best that i can give red dead 2 right now is i don't dislike it <laughs> um see what i said about it after playing it seeing the graphics and actually getting past that initial phase because when you first see a game you typically will see it in a better light than it actually is once you get into it you play it for a while then you go oh i'm realizing things i didn't you know see from the start and the graphics were like that for me at first i was like yeah this looks pretty good and then as it set in and i got used to the graphics i was like actually these these look a little bit dated um yeah. what i've said from the start is i think red dead redemption 2 dropped a year too late at least hmm all the mechanics, the graphics, everything felt dated when it released. Not like, mm -hmm. you know, SNES dated. Not talking about extremes like that, but with the way technology has progressed, with the games, the bombshells we had dropped in 2018, you know, Spider-Man, God of War, the way they looked, their graphics, absolutely beautiful. Red Dead didn't stand up to them at all for me. Yeah. Especially graphically. Yeah. And I think it's to be expected when you look at a game like Red Dead Redemption 2, look at how large it is, how much shit is packed into that game. That's a fairly small map and, and I'm saying that in relation to like a Just Cause 2 map. I mean, it's fairly small, but mm -hmm. it's densely packed. Very densely packed. Well, what I'm I saying is with the amount of shit that they did put in this game, I would imagine this thing has been in production for sometime oh yeah know? so absolutely if you start a get if you start a game even in the pencil whipping phase back in you know a decade ago when your five-year rolls around and you actually start generating the graphics and generating the character models you're already kind of behind the power curve especially mm -hmm. if it, especially if a console jump has happened uh god knows how many graphics car jumps have happened in that span <laughs> in that span yeah. of time but so yeah, I, I just want to start with that. I want to get that one out of the way because, as people know, as, as you two know, and hopefully as our audience knows by now, I'm, I don't want to say it, I'm fickle in nature. It's more like you, you got to fucking grab me and you got to hold me. Like, a, a game... I don't know when I got to this level, and I still am internally debating with myself whether it's a bad thing or a good thing, but games you you gotta approach me and you gotta be fucking good or i i leave like I, I don't know what else to say there have been so many games over the past i don't know how long decade maybe more 
where it's been okay, good, good, boring. I'm I'm moving on, and I'll have people clamoring at my coattails, going, "No, no, this it's good." I'm like, "Look, I'm X hours in, and and it's, it's not grabbing me. I feel like I put a lot. I put many hours in a Red Dead too. Yeah, you know, this isn't um." This isn't like a Valkyria, Valkyria, Valkyria Chronicles situation with me where it's like, oh, you, you only did like four missions. The next one is when you get to your <laughs> barracks or whatever. You know, this wasn't like yeah. a two, three hour joke here. This is this is multiple hours. So let, let me let me try to flesh out what's going on in my head with Red Dead Redemption 2. All right. Let's start with the positives, okay? And I, I, sorry if I'm regurgitating shit that I already brought up like three episodes ago. I just, I need to get some of this stuff out so I can have a, the, you, you as an audience can have a clearer vision of what's going on with me. There are a lot of things in this game that have happened that I got to experience. Not as many and not to the jump out of my chair or hat or you know get excited over breath of the wild breath of the wild moments that was just man it seemed like every half hour to an hour i was doing something or finding something or something was popping off or i was engaging in something new or something stopped me in my tracks but red dead even with me having shit spoiled uh, and having people like Brandon Jones like just gush about all these little moments, I still found some things in my gameplay that were special to me. I'm sure Chris has been attacked by a bear. Hell, I'm sure many of us have because it, there's, it's almost a story mission that it happens in. So, mm-hmm. okay, I get that. We've all been attacked by bears. But the way that it happened for me and the way that it happened a second time later was unique for me. After the seventh bear attack, though... Yeah, so uh, character interactions, uh, seeing a guy get fucking kicked by a horse and dying, uh, having these these random interactions with townsfolk that they 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 remember, they'll bring it back up. Uh, That is something I do want to touch on the immersion level. So I heard. I want to say it was Brandon Jones, and by God, somebody's going to go out there and find the exact Easy Allies podcast and prove me completely wrong, and I'm sorry, I, I, I want to get more of the spirit of what I heard than the actual facts. I heard, I think it was Brandon Jones that mentioned something where he bumped into somebody or he shoved somebody on accident, and they said something to him and then in another it was either in another town or it was the same town way later that same person was giving him the shifty eye and that was amazing to me that showed that was immersion to me that was that's the kind of thing we're all looking for in games you know we want to we hear so many games these days trying to the 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 uh creators throw out stuff like oh man it's this this world is so alive this 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 you're gonna see people going they're gonna leave their house and they're gonna go to a market and they're gonna buy ingredients they're gonna take the ingredients back to their house and you can't see it but they're gonna they're gonna come out with this fucking whatever they had fucking apple pie and then they're gonna go take their laundry down like they're gonna have this vibrant open thriving world red dead had a world it has a world but it is not as immersive as i thought it was i maybe i was just sold a bill of goods from the wrong people maybe i had maybe i was over getting oversold or maybe i was internally overhyping it but it didn't have that big of an impact on me that's fine you know it's okay i don't i don't need it 
I'll move on and find other things. So all the little events that popped up, even the bad ones, they were all moments and they were all experience. When all of that started to fade away, it's guys and gals, honestly, I can't, I was starting to come home and not be excited about wanting to play the game. Mm -hmm. And that's never a good thing. Adam, would you agree? I I would agree. That's that's typically a sign of the beginning of the end. Yeah. It wasn't a dread. It was more like, and again, I hate to use P5 as an example, but that is the most burning, pressing one because it is the most recent other than, say, God of War. I couldn't fucking wait to get home. I couldn't wait to get home to play Persona. I'd fucking come home, rip clothes off, go take a a shower or a bath as quick as I could, shovel food in my face, fucking take care of animals, do whatever shit I had to do, sit down, ah, relax, look at the clock. Okay, if I start playing right now, I have five and a half hours till I have to physically crawl in that bed. All right, here we go. That was P5. That was God of War. This, honestly, Red Dead 2 was never that degree for me, but it was like, all right, all right, this, you know, I'm interested. I'm I'm, en- I'm enjoying it. I at least want to see what I can get into today or what experience is going to happen today. When all that started to wane and I started to come home and be like, eh, yeah, I guess I'll play it. I mean, I'm playing it now just because I am playing it. You know, it's no longer that drive, that fire. It's more like, well, that's the game I'm working on. Might as well continue it. I said, okay. What's left? Well, what's left is the story. I've heard people say the damn story of this game is so great. The character of Arthur is so great. Yada, yada, yada. And I'm sure it is to some people. But I did about two, three, four more story missions. And I get the bait and hook that's going on. I see what's going on. But it's, I just kind of disconnected, hours. I guess. You just start yeah. being like, ah. And I spent too many hours with this game and I'm, and I'm no longer attached to it you know of course i want to see where this road takes arthur but uh, and man chris maybe you can back me up because you have both these games to 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 compare to Mm -hmm. arthur as a written character for what he is as a cowboy that rides that gray road of you know i'll fucking rob people because dutch wants me to or i'll go you know uh, st- uh, stick up this guy and get his money because he owes my camp money uh to, there there are lots of good things that even his voice acting and the singing and the times where you catch him like at a camp and you sit him down next to a fire and he just sits there and talks to people like yeah he is a decent character he's all right mm-hmm. i i'd fucking have a drink with arthur morgan he is no Kratos of God of War 2017. No. He is not. And that story of God of War 2017 grabbed me and fucking held me by the balls within the first 20, 30 minutes. And the further I kept going, not only was I in- totally encapsulated by the story of God of War, but the fucking dynamic between him and Atreus, that up and down and up and down, the intrigue of him and Balder, like what's really going on? What is Balder's main motivation? Like all that in God of War had me just, oh, so good. And it kept paying off and paying off and paying off and red dead redemption 2 again arthur's a cool bro i'd fucking shake his hand man i'd fucking ride with him yeah but this is not the greatest character written of 2017 or 18 i'm sorry he's not can you think of like another game that where this has happened to you uh that's kind of been a, a little bit of a letdown hmm 
I mean, I, yeah, I'd be tripping down that road again if I started talking about a Final Fantasy 13, but that was one. I mean, where it was just like, the, you know, you come home and you just get a little less excited about it every time. Um, you know, I'm sure our faithful listeners can listen, can go back and listen to the five, five or 10 episodes. And I bet you they can find some because I mean, I, I do that often, mm-hmm. you know, the interest will wane. I'll be playing a game and I just, I couldn't get into it anymore. And I mean, I hate to use it as another crutch, but like Final Fantasy VIII was another example. I was giving Final Fantasy VIII a, 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 a solid try. I was giving it a go and I was trying to overlook so many things. And yeah, about 15, 20 hours into it, I said, I'm just, I can't. I just can't, man. I, I don't have it in me. It, it it was sort of interesting at the beginning with the squall and, and, and cypher dynamic. But over time, that lost because that wasn't anything anymore. And the other shit they poured on was just yada. And then, uh, yeah, the way that I'm sounding now is the way that I wound down. <laughs> and this is not a hard set down. I feel like as much as I have a backlog, uh, Chris, I need to start making like a sit down log as well because there are games yeah. that I just said, nope, I'm fucking done. Final Fantasy Eight, no, no, that you've had it, you've had your shot too many times. I'm, I, I have put you down. But like Red Dead Redemption Two, I'm putting it down. Not a hard put down. Just a, I'll get back to you someday. I don't know when, but I will. And I also want to point out this is a. Uh, this is a big controversial thing right now, and I totally understand and I totally get it. Uh, but another thing that avid fans will know that the Giant Bomb uh, Game of the Year deliberations were last month, and for five episodes, all about five or six hours long a piece, and they spent a solid chunk talking about Red Dead Redemption Two. Unfortunately for me, but I chose. I'm a grown man. I chose to listen. Uh, that was, of course, Game of the Year deliberations are spoiler. I mean, there's mm-hmm. spoilers everywhere. So yeah. I've pretty much deduced what happens in Red Dead Redemption 2. I've also had hell just because of uh, uh, you know, news and, and, and music performances and shit like that, like in the Game Awards. Like, yeah, th- this music plays during a very tragic point in the story in Arthur's life. I, I've got it. I kind of get where this is going. But even if I've been spoiled on the story, there have been movies where I've known what was going to happen. I was spoiled. Uh, spoiler warning for fucking what, guys? Final Fantasy VII, like 20-something years old now? Uh, I had Final Fantasy VII spoiled for me because the 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 meme now, but the biggest thing back in the day was don't fucking tell people about Eris. That's a big deal. That is a huge fucking deal. I had that spoiled for me. Guess what? Final Fantasy VII was still fucking phenomenal for me. So... If this is supposed to be the greatest story that Rockstar's ever written, holy shit. Because they had a long time to reel me in and grab me. And, and all it did was made me... It was like watching a really good country western movie. That's that's the best I can give it. I, can, I do not have the passion in me. It has nothing to do with the cowboy shit either. It's just the way... I'm talking strictly about the story. the What, what it is and how it was told. I just... I watched it went, yeah, okay... Shit's, some shit's happening. All right, let's go rob a bank. Yeah. All right. So, yeah. And he's going to go take some money from these people. Yeah, I get it. All right, let's move on. God of War, it was, oh, man, where the fuck are we going next? Okay, let's go talk to the world serpent. What the fuck is that world serpent? What is he going to do? What what revelation is he going to talk about? Yada, yada, yada. Like, uh, I was enthralled by that game. 
I am not enthralled by Red Dead Redemption 2. I was playing an open world Rockstar game where some cool things happen, and I have gently put it down. I'll get back to it someday. Damn. But not yeah. right now. That's Damn. pretty much how I felt playing it, too. You're talking about, you know, coming home, getting ready to play, and you're like, all right, I guess I'm going to, you know, work on Red Dead some more. That's how I felt. I, was, I wasn't thrilled about it at all. Mm. I was just like, all right, mm. I'm committed. I'm going to finish the story. I, you know, did less and less side stuff until, you know, aside from certain characters, and I just pushed through the story. I was like, all right, I'm done. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, and Adam, when you play through it, man, you may have a different experience than both of us. I've you may been, love this game. I've been I, having I hope, a similar experience. <clears throat> yeah. I hope it's the same for the audience as it's well. I, I, <laughs> I I never want to push my opinion on anybody. You know, if anything, the three I think the three of us have shown that we all three can have dynamic opinion. You know, we can dislike not we can dislike something. The other one likes all the way. You just flip flop those any way you want them. If you played Red Dead Redemption two and you are fuming right now because this was your game of the year, but fuck God of War, fuck Spider Man, fuck Persona five. If you love this game that much, just write us a comment and let us know. Show me. I, I always like to put this out there, and I use Adam as a prime example. <coughs> Excuse me. Sell me on what I'm missing because there are times where I'm playing games and I'm th- like those fucking gears aren't clicking until you come in and you go take the game back home, Michael, and play it online and see what you find out then. And my whole fucking life is turned around. So maybe there's something in Red Dead 2 I'm just not missing. What I think it is for me is that. Again, outside of the generic, it's it's a slow-paced cowboy simulator. Outside of that, that, that is not my problem with it. It's it's just an okay game mm-hmm. at the end of the day. If you want to talk, uh, you know, the polish, yes, there's all kind of polish. There's all kind of little details all over, and I'm a, I'm a big fan of that. But even though I was a big fan of that little those little polishes and little details in God of War... I'll take it back even further. Even though I was a big fan and still am a big fan of all the little polish and little detail things in Metroid Prime, it was still a fucking phenomenal game after all that was said and done. You know, little polishes and details alone do not a game make. I can't live off just that. I still need that. Oh, man. Chris, I can't wait to get on the podcast tonight. We got to talk about Red Dead. Oh, man. It's more like, well, I guess I'll tell about the time that we robbed a coach. <laughs> I mean, something did happen that was cool when I robbed the coach, but, I mean, at this point, it's like, eh, you know. All the players were like, you bastards, that's our coach. And they <laughs> took off after you. So, having said all that, my, my basically, my lukewarm, meh feeling on Red Dead Redemption 2, I haven't really played much else as far as, like, working on it. There was a game that I recommended to these two fine gentlemen. It's a Steam game I recommend for you as the audience as well. I, I, I feel bad saying this because I know that we've had, what, 20, 20, 30 of these games in 2018. But if you like Dark Souls, if you like that style of gameplay... There is a very basic looking game out there on Steam called Unworthy. It's uh, side scrolling, but with Dark Souls 
control feels to it. You know, you got you got to watch the enemies, you got to see how they attack. And I think I don't know how far it goes, but you only have an attack and a roll, and it's side scrolling. So you got to watch patterns. There's a way to heal yourself. Yada yada yada. I've only put about maybe an hour into it, but just the the atmosphere, the style of that game, the way it looked, the way it sounded, the way it controlled, right up my alley. Uh, don't don't want to make a knee-jerk call of I think I like this game better than Salt and Sanctuary, but I will say that this game grabbed me way quicker than Salt and Sanctuary did. So just something for you for you all to check out. A couple other random games here and there. Nothing, anything solid right now, and for a reason. Uh, within the next couple weeks, I'm going to have two one obviously large game and the other one may be large just because how many times I've played through it. Uh Red not not sorry, sorry. Resident <laughs> Resident Evil 2 remake and Kingdom Hearts 3 for yep. me are both coming out relatively close to each other. I'm fairly confident that I'm going to be playing Resident Evil 2 remake first, mainly because I'm gonna have to sit down and do some more homework on Kingdom Hearts again. I probably watched that video that I linked to you guys about 10 times just to make sure I got all the details really down pat before I get into that bad boy. But once those games come out, it's not really going to be any turmoil at all. I'm going to have two fairly large, fairly decent games that I'm going to be playing back to back. So it's kind of hard for me to work on anything right now mentally. Uh, Adam did mention because I, I was also thinking of uh, another game I was kicking around thinking about starting was uh, Hitman. Uh-huh. And uh, he says, uh, you say that Hitman's fairly good at being able to pick it up and then put it down and then come back to it later. Yep. Right? Yep. It's very, uh, you go, everything's done by missions. So you should mm-hmm. be able to just hop in there and fuck around in a mission. Oh, shit, I'm going to put this down for two months, come back to it. You know, oh, okay, I see what's going on, and pick it right back up. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, So that's one of the ones I was thinking about working on. I had started another game uh, called Mages of Mysteria, Mistralia. Sorry if I I mispronounced that one. Uh, Seems like uh, Diablo-style controls, but you have, like, a fire spell and an ice spell, and you can block spells, and you can wave your wand and do something else. Kind of seems like a puzzle-ish game. Looked interesting enough. Kind of grabbed me initially. Uh, But, yeah, that's... There's a couple other random little Steam games here and there that I've... I kind of went through my Steam list of games that I have purchased and just kind of put, you know... 10, 20, 30 minutes into them just to see what ones I like, uh, especially after the last Steam sale. But as far as right this moment, I'm not really working on anything. I did put a bunch of levels into Katamari Damacy, Uh which is where I'm going to bring my last point up and we'll pass the weeks off. This game is still schooling me and amazing me to this day. Uh, if one of you two fine gentlemen would do me a solid and look up when Katamari Damacy 1 was released, uh, I'm doing this for a purpose. This is not the first time this has happened to me, and I know it's not the first time it's happened in gaming. Usually when shit like this happens, it makes news. Uh, I have found something in Katamari 1 that, you know, it's just the way my life has led me. I haven't read too many players' guides on Katamari. I haven't watched enough, like, here's all the secrets in Katamari's. But I have found something new in fucking Katamari Reroll that apparently is a thing. And I just, I didn't know about it. 2004, Uh, by the way. 
Two fucking thousand and four. I have found something 14 years after the fact, almost 15 years after the fact. So I was playing a level in Katamari Damacy, which I I hope me and Chris and Adam have made it a point to sell this game to you folks. If you have not ever played a Katamari Damacy game, trust us. Put the end of time cast stamp on this. Pause the podcast. Go find a copy of it. There's some on PlayStation, PlayStation 2, PlayStation... I'm sorry, PlayStation 2, PlayStation 3. There's an Xbox uh, 360 one. There's... Uh, there's now... Now there's a, a re-release... There's, there's one on Steam. You can get the original one. Uh, Kanamari Damacy re-roll. This game... You, you're gonna have fun. That's all, that's all you need to know. That's all you need to know. What do you do in the game? You grab a fucking ball and you're rolling shit up in the world to get as big as you possibly can. And it is incredibly fun so i was playing a level in katamari and I'm, I'm already you know 15 20 levels into the game i don't know where i where i was but i'm rolling around and i happen to bump into this wall and the wall falls over and there's a ladder now i know that you can press your katamari up against the wall and you hold your sticks forward and you will slowly you will climb that wall you can also do that to ladders you can do that to any surface that you can climb up unless it has a hard block on so i go to the ladder and i start rolling my katamari up the ladder and the place that i was originally uh it's kind of hard to describe as for the audience to see but you're, you're trying to get bigger and bigger so there's little things you can roll up then there's bigger things and bigger than that and big and bigger than that and usually there are sections of the map that are blocked off by like you know street cones or whatever they're comically sized to match your character's size and the idea is if you're in this one little squared off area you want to roll up as much shit as you can until you get big enough to move past that barrier and then you're up and into a new bigger area and you roll up more shit and get bigger which opens up to another bigger area so i go up this ladder and i leave out the main area that i was in and there's quicker bigger easier shit to roll up on the outside I looked online, said, hey, secrets in Katamari. And it's not a big thing. There's not direct facts that I can find so far, but it's like, yeah, there's there are all sorts of ways to basically get out of your starting areas and get your Katamari bigger and faster than you could normally. I never knew that. I've never had that happen before in all the multiple hours I've had a Katamari. And apparently it's just a thing. <laughs> so... Now I get to go around levels and try to find these quick access areas and basically start speed running. Mm -hmm. And that's something that you want to do in Katamari because the time is usually your your stopper. Like that's when you stop. You're trying to get as big as they want you to before the time runs out. So it stands to reason that if you can get bigger before that, you just have more gameplay. You I, now it's less and less about me trying to beat a level, and less and less about me trying to get 100. percent And now I want to see how big I can get in every freaking level. I want to roll yeah. up every everything I possibly can roll up. So it's all. Always a good pick up and play game. Always a good game to just knock out a level or two or five and just have a good time, have a blast, enjoy the music, enjoy the gameplay, and move on. So, yeah, that's my week. Chris, how about you? All right. So, I'm going to start off. I'm going to do my things in order, roughly. Um, starting off from the bottom. So, I play uh, Magic the Gathering Arena, talk about mm -hmm. it all the time. This week has me very unhappy. Mm. So last week I said, hey, the new 
uh, expansion is dropping this week. You'd think that would be, you know, cause for celebration and all that. Totally hyped for it. Open up the client to play it. Uh, there are there. So Arena has a few different draft modes. There's typically like three um, that you can do, and they'll rotate the sets out and whatnot. But you know, set release, you expect okay, you can draft and do all this. The only draft that was available from day one was the one that cost the most amount of gems. Mm. So you literally had to buy currency. I mean, technically you can earn them, but it's a very slow process. Yeah. Um, 2,500, I think it was. I posted about it on Facebook. I'll pull up my post again. But it's 2,500, if I'm not mistaken, gems. I'm sitting here at like 1,100, and I've mm. barely used mine uh, ever. So I'm like, okay. I understand this is, you know, this is the uh, the bigger one. So it's always it o- it's always gems only for that mode. I'm like, all right, well, where is the other draft mode? I don't see it. And there's another one that had a lock on it. I said, okay, it'll lock in the next day. I click on it. I'm like, oh, this one's a little bit better, but it still costs 1,500 gems. No coin uh, or gold version. Mm. Okay, so where is the gold version? So here I am two days into the... Uh, Ravnica Allegiance uh, expansion, and I can't play any of the draft mode wow. unless I pay actual money for it. Unless you pay, yep, man. So mm. I'm I'm hoping that when the timer ticks down, because uh, one of the modes expires tomorrow, I'm hoping when that mode expires, it'll drop it in. But what I have a feeling they're going to do is not switch it over until the preseason ends. Uh, because that's when the ranks reset. So I think they're going to start the new season with this set, and the gold draft won't be available till then because that's the ranked draft. One of them. One of yeah. the ranked drafts. What so the fuck? That's a I'm good way to paywall, you know, out all your free to play customers, right? Too. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was. So I this had me so discouraged best, yesterday. Don't know if that's I the did, best business decision, you know? Just, uh, I, I opened up the game and I did a couple dailies just to get some more gold for when I can eventually, because I can still buy packs with gold. That's fine. But that's not as efficient as doing a draft. So I'm purposely saving gold for drafts. I have 25,000 gold saved up. That's five drafts I can do at the 5,000 gold price, which is not unreasonable. You can earn 5,000 gold pretty, pretty quick. I've saved up 25,000 since I spent all my gold a couple a few weeks ago. You know, It's not a crazy amount of gold. But the thing has to be available for me to spin it on. Um, this had me so discouraged yesterday that I didn't play. Aside from doing a couple of my days, I didn't even finish the dailies, uh, the typical first three that I do on uh, Arena. Mm. I don't even think I finished them. I didn't play Chris, any games yesterday. Let me ask, do you have your hand on the pulse of this MTG game community? Have you heard if like other players have had this experience and are seeing this like and if they're like are they getting upset by this as well and making it a problem I, or is i hopped on the reddit to see if there was a thread about it but i didn't see anything um mm. i looked for some sort of schedule i didn't look super hard so it may be out there but i didn't see any sort of schedule saying actually you know what they have a website that is specifically telling you when things switch out so while i'm talking i will go look that right now uh, because that should uh, should you know kind of shed some light on the schedule and why people aren't up in arms about it because it shouldn't be a surprise yeah. uh, if they even have the pages to find. Yeah, it. I mean this 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 would be an issue 
period it feels like mm-hmm. i mean if 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 i heard you correct earlier it wasn't that yeah well i can't play where i want to play is that i can't play at all because i don't i'm not going to spend money to get this shit and i don't have enough time to grind that's that's a shitty way to feel about a game man well and don't get me wrong i can still play the game i just can't do drafts for the new cards so the yeah. only way for me to and get that's new what cards, you want to do right that's what i want <sighs> man uh let's see Here's the schedule. Uh, I'm looking for the draft for Ravnica Allegiance. Uh, I don't. I don't see where. So the sealed is the one that's super expensive because that gives you the most cards. That's the. Oh, I'm sorry. That's two thousand gold. Uh, the other one is fifteen hundred. So it's not twenty five hundred. It's two thousand. Um, mm-hmm. So sealed is two thousand. Traditional is fifteen hundred. Uh, and then ranked is the one that's either 750 gems or 5,000 gold. So I'm looking for the ranked, and I don't I don't we'll, see it on here. <laughs> might have to do some homework and come back to that one. That's yeah. fine. So I'm... It's, it just I just feel like there's got to be other people out there to share your pain, man. I don't even play this game. I know a third of what you're even talking about, but that, I understand what you're saying about it, and that's, that's bad. That's really bad. Yeah. So I'm... Very and of course I screwed up and I did my weekly stuff early in the week, not thinking, hey, when the new set drops, the weekly reward packs will be the new set. So I'm sitting here looking at my check mark, and if I hover over it, it shows a new pack. Mm. But when I completed Damn. it, you know, Sunday, the first day of reset, it was the old pack. So hmm. that sucks, but that's on me. Yeah. Yes, I'm kind of toned back on arena for the moment until. This is available available for me to actually play the new set. Um, yeah. But, yeah. So, last week, talked about Dragon Quest XI. Mm-hmm. Um, I put 11 more hours into it. It took me a total time of 52 hours to beat the game. Wow. Um, not bad. I put, I, I've got to know. You know I've got to ask already. Were you... And it's not an insult. I'm asking just for for clarification. Do you feel like you were barreling through this game? Or kind of sort of taking your time, or you were doing everything and damn near 100%ing it? I didn't. I would say I was doing all the side stuff early on, but then the requirements and uh, some of them you have to go back for. You can't do them Mm -hmm. right then when you get the quest. So I kind of stopped focusing on those and just focused on story, especially because the story is picking up and I want to know what happened. So I kind of skipped a lot of side stuff. Um, Right. So I. I'd say maybe 60%-ish on story-related and side quests. Now, there are lots of other things you can do, too. Um, There's a whole, you know, crafting system. You could unlock everything and star everything on that. I didn't do that. Um, I put another six hours after I beat it into the game. Um, Mm -hmm. This game, I think, probably has one of the best post-game things ever in a game. Wow. Wow. After beating this game, I was like, oh, there's more. There's a lot more to do. Oh. And like I said, I put six more hours into it and I was like, I, I have to stop or I'm going to spend probably another 20, 30 hours in this game at least uh, good, just doing post-game good. stuff. I, man, I now clearly understand why this was on people's nominations for last oh, year. It this is, is high praise I'm hearing. Man, it, it started out slow. I got the same vibes mm-hmm. like you. I played a couple of hours and I was like, okay, it's an RPG pretty generic and then mm-hmm. i played some more and then i played some more and then the story picked up and then it just kept going and i beat the game and, I, and then it's like 
you're not done. <laughs> okay. Now, it, it's great. It is great already to hear more game after the ending. I, I hear you near Automata, but you kind of jumped the shark with the way you did it. I'm talking to Dragon Quest Eleven right now. It's good to hear that there's some more stuff. There's basically an epilogue, but what about... Is it? Do you just continue the characters on? Is it a new story? Or you know what? Eh, no, I'm not going to say a word about it. Good. Okay. Good. Excellent. Oh, yes. Intrigue just doubled. Yeah. Intrigue, because now I want to know: is this new game plus, or is new characters? Same. Oh, right. Good. It is huge. Good. So, so you're saying that there come a point in the game that you felt you were going through and doing, you were hitting the hitting the hitting all the beats to get to the ending, but there was more meat to this game outside of that if you wanted more. Yes. Then when you beat the game, there was still more. Yes. And you liked and enjoyed all of it. Mm-hmm. And I haven't finished the post game. I had oh, I wow. stopped playing the game for now so I could move on to another game, which I'll talk about in a okay. minute when I'm done with this. Um, Adam, I don't know about you, man. This this mm-hmm. this has me incredibly intrigued. Sounds pretty cool. That's for sure. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And I still think um really like I said last week, I want you to play up until you unlock the uh, third character because that's okay. really when the story started picking up for me uh it may be a little bit further for you if you if that doesn't get your attention maybe a little bit further um yeah it but yeah it should start picking up around that point and honestly i i was thinking about starting dragon quest 11 again now but again with i got these two games coming man it may be it may be a bit before i get mm-hmm. to it unfortunately but yeah i'm it's up there the, as soon as i don't have a commitment it's it's getting played. It's getting yeah. played. It's not because this is not just you. It's not just you that I've heard stuff like this from. I don't know why, but I'm hearing like a very silent grumble about this game. I'm not hearing people shouting from the rooftops about it. But when I do hear people talk about it, it's like Dragon Quest Eleven. Sit the fuck down. Let's talk for a minute. Holy shit, this game is is good. So. I'm looking forward to it. And I'm yeah. glad you enjoyed it, man. It does me good to know this good shit that I'm getting into. Yeah. yeah. So, like I said, I had to stop myself from continuing on in the post game and move on to another game for the reason you just described. Kingdom Hearts 3 is coming out. I, so, Co Carnage, uh, one of the streamers I watch on Twitch, he is doing, he had a, a charity goal to play the first Kingdom Hearts because he saw the series and he wrote the series off as a whole. He was like, I don't like these games. I'm not interested in them. I'm never going to play them, etc. The compute, the community of his wanted him to play it so bad that he finally included it as a charity reward. Um, they made That's like cool. That's cool. sixty thousand dollars in like three hours for wow. St. Jude's or something like that. It was obscene. Uh, mm-hmm. Part of Guardian Con, uh, their whole thing they were doing, uh, charity drive. So he started playing, and I was like, you know what? This is a good refresher. Three's coming around. I'll just watch him play one and then, you know, move on from there myself. He mm-hmm. played one and I was watching. And I was like, yeah, I remember all this stuff. This is fun. I enjoyed it. Um, and then, of course, knowing all the games that exist, he uh, watched a game movie. Like you were talking about, you take all the cutscenes, put it together, you have a movie for the game. He watched one of those for Chain of Memories, which takes place after one. Mm-hmm. Um, because he enjoyed one so much, he said, okay. And people kept telling him two so much better, so he's going to go play two. So he watched the Chain of Memories movie, and then he loaded up two, and it started. And I was like, "Okay, this is a little familiar." 
and he got a little bit further in the game, I was like, I don't know any of this. <laughs> I thought I played in beat two. I looked and I looked, uh, unfortunately, I don't, you know, uh, two was a PS2 game as well, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, or, or three? Anyway, regardless. So I yeah, had... two. Yeah, two was. Two is PS2. Yeah, so on PS3, I bought the 1.5 whatever remix. Um, and I played through one, beat it. I was looking at my trophies. It's like, okay. And I started uh, Chain of Memories. Didn't finish it because it's a card game thing. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't a fan of that. But apparently, I never started two. I just kind of dropped it. So I don't think I ever played two. Wow. So I was like, I got to fix this. So I've been playing Kingdom Hearts 2. Um, nice. I have 30 nice. hours into it. Um, I'm almost done with the game. Uh, man, it's so good. Um, I I have some... Uh, I'm playing on the critical difficulty, the hardest difficulty, by the way, um, mm-hmm. which is why I haven't already finished it. Um, there are some quirks to it. Um, I'm not a fan of the way they manage MP with cures taking all your MP. Um, yeah. It, I understand what they're doing with it, making it less uh, something you can not spam like you could in the first one. But right. it's still, I think it's too extreme. You know, increasing the cost is one thing, but completely taking all of it at once is another. Um, yeah. But story-wise, it gets really good. Um, yeah. I've been watching Co-Play, so I've actually watched the end of it because I couldn't help <laughs> myself. Um, yeah. Because I got up to, I'm essentially in the last area. The very first boss of the last area stomped me. Mm-hmm. And it was about 11.30 at night. I was like, all right, this is a good stopping point. Um, I will stop here, pick it up tomorrow, and uh, I can't wait to see Ko get stomped in this fight too. Of hmm. course, Go Ko goes and beats it on the first try. I'm like, are you kidding me? He made it look easy. Um, and he's <laughs> he's not that good of a gamer either. So I was like, man, <laughs> I'm... I'm this under leveled at this point, I guess, because um, he, I believe he was a higher level than me, but the recommended level for the area is 50 and I'm 41 or something like that, 43. So I was like, yeah, I could probably do with some leveling. Um, so today, actually, I went, I was going to do it yesterday, but like I said, I was in a bad mood from arena, so I didn't play. Uh, but I went today and, you know, worked on some of the uh, abilities and stuff you can level up in the game and... I'm now like level 49 just as part of doing that and getting chests and unlocking, you know, side stuff, stuff I didn't really care about streaming because um, I didn't know how long I'd have before we started. Mm. I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll do some side stuff. So now tomorrow I'm going to go see how many times it takes me to beat that fight. Man, it's I can't believe I never beat it or even played yeah. it, I think. Yeah, uh, it happens, man. It happens yeah. to me all the time. I forget games that I should not be forgetting and Thankfully, I've forgotten some that I'm glad I did. Final Fantasy VIII. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm probably not going to play the other games. Co um, has been watching the movies for the other ones because uh, the final mix yeah. on PS4 comes with movies for. Uh, yeah, that's what uh, I heard. Three fifty-eight over two, and he yeah. watched that one today, so I watched that. So I'm all caught up on that. And I'll probably just do yeah. that as he watches, or he's playing the next game, so I'll probably watch him play that. Um, right, I'm going right. to play through two and then I probably will not play any of the others 
and just move into three so I can go back to Dragon Quest XI. Because right. I can't leave that for too long. i got to go back and finish it. I'm, so something for the audience. Uh, I mentioned you two as well. I think I may have put it on the Facebook page. I may not have. If, if I'm going to do my best to try to remember this time for this post, put it in. But uh, the way that I've been catching up on the story is a, a YouTuber named Frustrated Jacob. I found this. I literally found this by putting kingdom hearts explained in the youtube months ago and i've i watched a video not good enough watched a video not not didn't like it and watched the video this works really well uh the title is the entire story of kingdom hearts in under 20 minutes again by frustrated jacob so i've watched that a couple times and it's done a extremely good easy to very well paced concise explanation of the kingdom hearts story all of the kingdom hearts story up to Kingdom Hearts 3. It's like a prepper. So that's good. Check it out. And it, I'm looping back around to that because that was what I was going to ask you, Chris. I'm glad when I heard you say the story gets good. How, do you feel like you've got a pretty good grasp of the, not just Kingdom Hearts 2, but the Kingdom Hearts story, period, that when Kingdom Hearts 3 comes out and starts just fucking going off like you know it's going to do, do, or do you feel you're fairly prepped and ready to take that story? Uh, yeah, aside from the other two side games that I haven't, you know, seen yet, up up until the end of 358 over 2? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, as, as an adult playing these games and, you know, or watching the games played, totally more understandable. Um, mm-hmm. It's not... It, it, sure, it's complicated. It, don't get me wrong, it's a complex plot, but it's not... Okay, l- let me rephrase. It is a complex plot... But it is not complicated. I yeah, understand what's yeah. going on. So, yeah. yeah, I'm. I think I'm pretty ready. <laughs> are you ready to start playing all your Kingdom Hearts games, Adam? Or you're just not that interested? You know, I have never been a. And my brother loved Kingdom Hearts. Played the shit out of every single solitary one of them. I just never could get into it. Not not the mm-hmm. way he, like he could. Yeah. And it was you know, I I see it. I recognize it for what it is. But as far as Kingdom Hearts 3 goes, unless it gets like, you must play this game, even if you've never played the games before, oh my god, it's so awesome, then I'm not going to touch it. Yeah, and I feel that it's not going to do that, man. Unless they do some really good preface thing, like if if they just kind of continue what they've been doing with all these remixes and, you know, maybe, maybe put some kind of gigantic prepper that you can click, not as part of the main game, but like as, as an addendum, then I, this game, you're going to start, I have a feeling you're going to start playing this game and there's going to be 16 names you've never heard of before because <laughs> you never played the games. And they're, they're just going to yeah. roll. All right, are you in? Have you been in with us? All right, well, this is where Ki- this is where Kyrie is right now. She's playing with the, you know, the issue you go, you're like, ah, fuck that. They, they're making it very clear that this is, now see, this is something else, Chris. They're saying that, I'm hearing other people say, I'm not hearing Square say that this is the culmination of everything up till now. It's being touted like, guys, this is it. Chapter three has closed the book. All the answers are going to, all the questions are going to be answered. All the loose ends are going to be tied up. And everything that we've been stepping up and stepping up and stepping up leading to, it's all going to be ended in Kingdom Hearts 3. That's fine for speculation, but I don't. I haven't heard Square say that. I haven't heard or seen anything official release, and I'm, we're probably not going to until the game right. comes out. What I do know, 
sadly, is that when you look at Square right now, don't have a lot. I mean, Final Fantasy XIV is making money constantly, sure. Fifteen was, I don't know how financially well off they are after that, and yada, yada, yada. But Kingdom Hearts is hot mess right now. It yeah. It would it may do the story justice to finish it off. Mm-hmm. But mm, y'all see where I'm getting at here. Kingdom yeah. Hearts makes fucking money. So I I think that and there's also a Kingdom Hearts mobile game, by the way. Uh which mm. is another step in getting ready of three because there's a side thing you can do to earn a keyblade in in three. So I downloaded that game to do. Uh but I I can completely understand the game wrapping up in three, partly because of how long it took them to make three. Um, yeah, I think that they're they might just want to be done with it, get it out. You know, sum up the story. Uh, don't leave any cliffhanger this time, and just let it let it die, so to speak. Uh, I yeah. said let it die is bad. Let it sleep. Let it rest. Um, yeah, and not have that Kingdom Hearts pressure on their shoulders um, while they're focusing on other stuff, you know. Yeah, uh, I can see that. And I, I feel a little bit the same way as you, Adam, uh, with the difference being that I played both of them, and I did enjoy both of them. The combat to me is very, it's it's fun. Mm-hmm. I enjoy the, the combat. I can there's see why people walking. would like it, you know, running around, and, and you know, it's very, it, it, there's something unique about the way the combat feels. It, it's just yeah. run around, you slam things, and you use your magic, and you're picking up all this stuff while you're still actively fighting. Mm-hmm. I, I can get what I can get why it's appealing for me. I, I just never could get past the, you know, I guess it's kind of, uh, I don't know the word. Um, I, maybe I'm just too high minded for it, but I never could get over Donald Duck in armor. <laughs> it, it, it like never, it, you know, it was one of those things where I was like, yep, nope, not playing that shit. They grow hey, on man, you. That's understandable. It's un- And you know, you've had people around you that were in like-minded camps where they're like okay well it's not even about donald and fucking goofy it's about these are crammed together people like they're so eris is in traverse town because reason you know yeah sid from final fantasy 7 is in traverse Town because of reasons like this is all this shit is shoehorned together and then when it came time to really tell the story they did the fucking gojima and just made everything super fucking crazy and wild and out there convoluted and it's not it's not it shouldn't it wasn't meant to be that way and that's what it's that's what it's evolved into and Paris is all explaining nano machines to donald and goofy (laughs) how are you still alive nano machines cloud i'm also evil now yeah Yeah. i don't and see i don't think the story is that convoluted if you actually play the game and i can understand going from one and two and being really confused yeah if you play them in order now it makes a lot more sense. But yeah. even, and even without that, they reveal stuff. Yeah, you're confused at first, but there are enough reveals through the story that you're like, oh. And that game that's in between now is just, oh, this is more information on backstory, essentially. But it's not required, right. I don't think. And again, there's so many people out there that have done a great job of 
basically plot summary. You know, you mm-hmm. can, I'm not. I know it's. I'm not saying this is what it needs to be. Again, you could take advice of Chris and others and just go play the thing and get it under. You can understand it for yourself. But will it's 2019, folks. You can watch compilations. You can watch. You can watch explanations. Uh, my. My final thoughts on it is that, yeah, I have played Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2. I played 1 at least twice, and I played 2 once, and I enjoyed the combat. I had a, and admittedly, there was a part of me that enjoyed going to a new town and seeing, you know, what Disney area is going to be locked out. It was going to be unlocked, and I can't wait to do that in Kingdom Hearts 3 as well, but if, if, if you made me tell you the truth... I very early on in Kingdom Hearts 2 was like, I don't know what the fuck is going on. I don't know who the fuck these people are. I don't understand the motivation. I don't get the plot. I'm I'm in this now for the combat and to see what the new what new Disney thing I'm gonna unlock and go have fun in. So yeah. I had a very not not well tailored Kingdom Hearts experience and I don't have enough time now to go play all of them I just don't so unfortunately slash fortunately due to technology for me I can I'm just gonna watch some reason just fucking roll in that's what happens when you use time compression on the nano machines Oh, you had to bring up fucking. <laughs> Welcome to the Final Fantasy VIII cast, everybody. Adam's a Adam's a fucking orphan, and he's got his gun blade. That's right. <sighs> Anything yes. else for your week, Chris? No. So my plan is to finish Kingdom Hearts two. I'll probably get to about ninety percent complete on it, and then go back and play Dragon Quest eleven. I may hundred percent it. It'll, I'll have to double check and see what all is involved on that, how much grinding there would be. Um, mm-hmm. I think the longest part of the grind would be to uh, actually craft everything at a perfect level. Uh, and even that, you can buy most of the materials, and they make farming really easy. Um, it actually shows you where you got stuff from on different maps. So you can go, okay, I think I was in this map. Let me check the sparkly spots menu. Oh, yeah. I got this ore, this ore, and this ore here. So let me go to the spots. Okay, I got I got it or I didn't get it. All right, let me teleport somewhere else and teleport back. Or whatever's required to make them respawn. Or, you know, you mm-hmm. go to another area to collect other resources and just kind of make a loop of these zones. You're going to have all the materials you need. Um, yeah. So it makes it really, really friendly. And again, you can buy most of them. And depending how long that takes me, I might go back and 100% Kingdom Hearts 2. Um, I... I kind of, I don't know how much time I'll have to actually play anything else before the 29th when 3 drops. Because that's a week and a half at this point. I think 100%ing both those games will take up all that time. Yeah, Um, yeah. I have something else I kind of want to talk about, but I'll save it for after Adam's week because it might lead into a little bit of a tangent. Okay, that's fine. All right. Good. It might lead into a discussion, which is what we want. (laughs) So what you been doing, Adam? Oh, man. So, before I get into it, um, there was a few major revelations that I came. One is that the new season of anime is completely and utterly fucking awesome. Oh my fucking god. Good. Oh my fucking god. So, they have a uh, new series I've been watching called, uh, uh, the... I want to say it was like the Forbidden Neverland or the Promised Neverland or something like that. Oh my! I'll see if I can research. It oh my fucking god! Sell us on this anime, please. All right. Here's your premise: You got a bunch of kids in an orphanage. 
time compression. Wait, wait, no time compression. Oh, God, no. <laughs> so, kids in an orphanage, and they've got probably about, it looks like about five square acres worth of land. It's all in a nice wooded area. It's got a big fence around it. Okay. Uh, you probably got 30 to between 30 and 50 kids at this orphanage, and they're all taken care of by one single adult, and her name's Mom. Well, not everything is as it seems. There's a little girl, six-year-old little girl, and uh, she's, you know, she's kind of happy-go-lucky, and she's, you know, she has, like, this big brother figure that takes care of her and all this stuff, and uh, she's been chosen for adoption. They go to take her out. Two of the other kids notice, oh, man, she forgot her little bunny thing. Let's go bring that to her. They go to bring it to her. They go to the edge of the gate. Oh, crap, they're already through the gate. All right, well, we'll take the ash chew, and we'll we'll go ahead and bring it out there, and we'll get in trouble. It's whatever. They walk through the gate. Can't find anything there but a truck. Like, well, we can't find them, and we can't be out here for very long, so we'll just throw this in the back of the truck. They'll find it when they go to bring her wherever she's going, and we'll be good. They pull back, like, the little tarp that's covering the back of the truck, and there's the little girl's corpse. Mm. It's like, what? So, at this point, they're like, what the fuck? And these demons start to come. So they like hide up underneath the truck. And they're like, well, what's going on? And these guys proceed to lay out that the the little girl looks delicious. And they can't wait to eat her. And blah, 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 blah. Turns out this entire orphanage they've been living on is a fucking farm for humans. Oh, man. Oh, man. So, yeah. They, uh... They are in all kinds of shit's position, and they have to go back through and look for all kinds of little ways out. They've got tracking devices on them. They've got a huge wall to get past. They can't let the uh, adult figure know that they're on to the game that's being played. They want to try to save their friends. Oh, man. So that was just episode one. Looking forward to seeing how the rest of this goes, but it's it's looking like it's going to be... One of the animated watch this year, or this. So it sounds like sounds like a walled in, or like gated community that is not what it seems. Yeah. Oh. And they're going, Ooh, they're I going, like that. and they're sitting there debating. They're like, okay, well, you know, <clears throat> we don't even know what's outside. Obviously, the demons are in charge. You know, blah 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 blah. What are our chances of survival if we even do make it out of here? You know, oh man. Very cool, very cool. Can't wait to see what happens. Sounds good. Now, wh- th- so is this is this an anime that not you realize somebody's going to hear this episode in freaking twenty thirty and it's all all the way out? But is this is this finished? Is it still nope. being released or still being released? I uh, oh, just got episodic. done with episode two, so oh man, got to wait a whole another week to see see what happens next. So that and uh, we've got a couple other really good anime. They've got. Uh, you know they they have uh, the uh, oh man I can't even remember the name of it. There's a there's a couple of good ones this year, but so far it's looking like a uh, little bit less than last season. You know for for winter, but it you know still a a probably four or five good titles worth of content to watch every week. Um, on to the gaming part. I actually put a little bit of time into Red Dead this past week. Um, Got about, I want to say, in a good 
three, four hours into the game now. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you that I became one with my knife. <laughs> and I spent most of the time just being an ass clown and doing things the wrong way because it's how I like to play the games. Uh, I went on the little skinning mission or whatever it is. So you go on the little hunter mission and you're like, oh, yeah, I killed a deer. Oh, I, killed, I wasted an arrow and killed another deer that I can't even bring back because I'm an asshole. Yeah. Uh, so killed all the deer, brought the deer back. Went and caught the little dude. We, we raided that guy's camp. Now, imagine this. You've got a bunch of bunch of cowboys, and they're all stealthing in on this big enemy camp or whatnot. And that leader, he looks over to his right-hand man, and he says, All right, Arthur, you give the signal, we'll attack. And your right-hand man, he, he kind of nods at you slowly and solemnly. He's looking over at the enemy about 20 feet away. As he leans up behind the post, he slowly puts his pistol back in his holster. Pulls out his buck knife, and with a wild look in his eyes, he just charges straight out into the middle of the enemy. (laughs) (laughs) And he, like, spears the dude from behind, starts stabbing him in the back of the head. The other guys are like, oh, God. He's like, what the hell are you doing, Arthur? And (laughs) they open fire. Yeah. Now, repeat that 400 times. for being crazy. They will. (laughs) Repeat that times 400, and that's what I did. (laughs) (laughs) oh i don't like to waste bullets so i was arthur the axe murderer i'm hoping you get like a sword or like a a machete or something like that because that's how i'm gonna play the game i just run run around stabbing people i don't know about a sword uh there may be i mean there could be like war relics around for all i know and i wouldn't put it past rockstar to put something in there like that or even like a like a reward, you know, some crazy shit like a katana. But I do know that you can add upgrades. I want to say it's at the gunsmith. Mm-hmm. You can take your you can take your weapons in, and you can like you can put like a little bit more length on your gun barrel, and it gives more uh, distance, shit like that. And I think on the knife, I don't remember if the knife has stats or not, but I know I you so. can put. Yeah, I know you can put engravings on it and change the blade color and put a new hilt on it. And all Get that. it so, enchanted. I mean, yeah, I mean, <laughs> so even though it may not be, you know, the fucking dagger of returning or something, it at least you'll have a tricked out knife for when you go crazy. Old. Extra D6 of fire damage never hurt nobody. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just a <laughs> platinum fucking or just a gold ass knife. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. could be that guy. So that, that was me, but... Here's the uh, here's the the saddest part of my week. The reason I was playing Red Dead Two is because Persona pissed me the fuck off. Oh my oh god! Uh, I don't like I don't like this at all. So I told you, you know, for the last couple of weeks I've done nothing but grinding mementos because it's all I really had time to do. I gained right, prom- right. somewhere between two and five levels in there. I can't even remember respectable it's okay. been i've been in there for a while just grinding it out hour here hour there uh, so finally go back and i you know okay well time to go into uh time to go into the palace and and show my stuff i'm you know now i'm five levels above where i was and i was on i only lost before because some stupid stuff happened so i'm, I'm good now mm-hmm. oh man i think i know what's about to happen r n g lots of it and, uh, yeah, there, there are a couple of enemies in there that can one shot Joker 
specifically Joker, and they key in on him just for uh, shits and giggles. And if you do not have the correct uh, persona mm-hmm. equipped, they'll fucking they'll smack you. Well, unfortunately, it took me a couple of of attempts to get to okay well i'm just gonna get a thing that just nulls this and you know that's not you know after a nice little 30 minute go back and go back to the save room oh well fuck okay i learned my lesson i died once rng died twice rng switched to a different persona specifically to prevent the rng from happening and guess what happens he does the same thing again it's this one big attack it hits like 400 times wipes the entire party but joker so now I have to switch personas to revive people or I can only, you know, kind of attack. So I switched the personas. He does it again. He kills me. I was like, yep, nope. I am done. Dunzo right now. Uh, not probably not forever, but at least until I can actually, because I mean, if you think uh, it was probably 45 minutes per attempt between 30, 20 and 45 minutes per attempt, mm-hmm. I just don't have the time. To double play it over and over and yeah. over again. Roughly, you know? how far are you into the game? Uh, I, I don't know where the end is, but I'm in the December time frame. Uh, November, December. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't think I ran into those enemies there. I think I ran into an uh, upgraded version of them later. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think almost the final area. I, I had the same problem. I went in, got murdered by the insta-kill, and I was like, all right, after a couple of times, I was like, okay, I'm going to put on the null. And I pretty much, I did my most powerful stuff from the start. Didn't worry about, you know, uh, MP or whatever it's called in the game. Mm-hmm. And I just went all out on the enemies. And in some cases, I just tried to run away. <laughs> I was oh, like, yeah. I'm not going to deal with them. I'm going to save beforehand. And I'm just going to run through as much as possible and not even touch these enemies. And that's what I had to do to uh, end up not getting one shot. Yeah, my, see, the the issue I'm having is that if I get a chance to go, I'm good. However, mm-hmm. if I don't one-shot them and my party is not strong enough to take this particular persona that's pissing me off, uh, it's not strong enough to just uh, kill him in the first all-out attack. Right. So, that being said, I hit him with the all-out attack. I have to hope that I can get another attack to go before he does, or else he's potentially going to go two, three times in a row. And when he does that, he's going to hit the thing that hits everybody. And then he's going to key in on Joker Mm -hmm. without fail. It's like, it's like they know this is going to end the game for you. (laughs) So this is what we're going to do. So yeah, Um, just bad RNG ended up putting a bad taste in my mouth i said okay i'm putting you down for right now and i'm gonna play some red dead and i went around stabbing people with my knife it was great and i mean yeah that's not that's not i mean that's completely understandable man when you get that aggravated you needed some time to breathe away from something like that and uh-huh. that is an understandable thing that can happen because you lose joker in this game and the and it's over your party's done go back to wherever you saved at you know there's no checkpoint system yeah it's so, not a it's not a slight I, I on Persona Five. It's just like you know, okay, I get it. It's got a little RNG in it. It hasn't really been an issue up until just now. And if I had enough time to play, it wouldn't be an issue at all. It would it would right. probably not even be worth mentioning. Yeah. But when I come back to it, 
after a long hiatus, like, all right, man, I'm, I'm going to make some progress today. And the entire night is wasted. No progress oh, is made yeah. because I, I, you know, I sat down, I had between five and six hours to play this thing. I'm going to make some progress and 30 minutes. All right. Well, that's wasted. Do that 30 minutes over again. Make 15 more. Oh, go back. That's wasted. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And it's like, well, now I've lost two and a half, three hours, four hours. Yeah. Uh, it it gets disheartening really fast. Yeah. So, yeah. I think that was probably my personal biggest flaw I saw in Persona 5 is you can't have insta-kill moves when you have one person that can end the game for it. Yeah. You know, if, if Joker could die and be revived, totally fine with it. But the fact that he can't, big issue. <laughs> yeah, he, you're... <clears throat> that just means that he has to be constantly on guard for things he has mm-hmm. no counter for and no way of predicting. You know, you yeah. meet a new persona that you've never met before and he's like, hey, guess what? I hope you're immune to, to uh, fucking electricity because I'm about to one shot you. You know? Oh, well, yeah. you, maybe you have that persona in your fucking, you know, repertoire, but you just don't have them equipped right now because you've never seen this attack before. So, yeah. uh, yeah, that was my uh, that was my week. <laughs> it was full of regret and sadness and stabbing cowboys. Typical Adam. Yep. I would I would say if that's as worse as it gets for P five for you, man, you'll be okay. You'll get back in, and you'll either of or divert around it, or finally figure out what to do. But you'll muscle through it. Yeah, I don't I don't see this as being as like a game breaker for you. Mm. I, don't, I don't think it'll be. Yeah, it's probably gonna put yes, probably gonna put it on hiatus for a little while though. It's probably gonna go that's on cool. ice. That's cool. You're in timeout, Persona Five. Yep. <laughs> I mean you deserved it. You deserved it. So that was my week. So, it wasn't a wasn't a huge thing, but it's made me realize that until I get time to actually just go through Persona Five and be like, I'm gonna give you the attention you deserve with the time you deserve, I'm probably not gonna be able to uh to finish it out. You know, I may yeah. switch to a different game. I'm not sure at this point. I, so now, now I'm in limbo. I'm looking for that next game. Like, okay, what am I going to yeah. actually play? Resident Evil 2 remake, obviously. Kingdom Hearts. So, <laughs> in Metal Gear Solid, there was Liquid Snake and Solid Snake, right? So Kojima says, I'm I'm, re, I'm bringing back the Castlevania universe, but I'm bringing Metal Gear Solid involved in, as well, and it'll have it'll have Dracula and his brother Eula Drac. And he's That's like, right. I've got the recessive genes, and he's like, well, What is a man recessive genes? Why are we still talking about this? Liquid! Liquid! Uh, nanomachines made you Eulodrac. That's right. The president <laughs> oh, is sword fighting. The, the president is sword fighting Dracula on the roof of oh, God. Castlevania. You know, Castlevania crashed into New York City and they're fighting right there. Yeah. Does, does, does Eulodrac have a scene where he's running somewhere without his clothes on? He's grabbing his crotch. He's doing cartwheels and shit. Uh, they do have a well, scene where the shadows on the wall make it look like he's banging Alucard, but, but I mean, other than that, you know, and he he's a tree frog. <laughs> oh man, I need this. We we need this. Listen to us, Konami. If if you didn't have this idea, you're a little bit behind the ball now. But you talking billions here. We're talking billions. <sighs> I don't even want to follow said, that up. <laughs> but now as i hand the mic to you he just looks at uh, it and it falls to the floor yeah 
great transition there. Appreciate it. Um, all right. So this, this, I, I'm kind of, yeah, this is going to be interesting. So I've been thinking a lot about game world design mechanics type stuff. And I, I kind of got thinking and there are several rabbit holes in this. I don't even remember how I first got to thinking it. Uh-huh. We got to thinking and there's more to it than this, but what is the most interactive game that I've played? What is out there that really puts it to the test? And I'll give a couple examples and then uh, get your input. So I started thinking and I was like, well, obviously Minecraft is, you know, one of the big one, but it's, it's a block game. So it not, I don't truly count that, you know, sure. You can, you know, completely destroy the world if you want, you know, down the bedrock mm-hmm. and have nothing left over. That's, you can mm-hmm. do that. Um, and you can build as well. You can build all this stuff up, but that's not, that's not quite what I'm looking at. And I was thinking, and I was like, well, and I didn't play it for long, but I remember Ultima Online having a lot of stuff you could do with building and or uh, houses and furniture and all this stuff. But I was like, that's too long ago. I don't remember everything about it. I don't think it quite got to what I wanted or was thinking of. And this, I'm like, I think maybe most recently, Seven Days to Die. Um, it's a survival game. You can't build everything, but pretty much everything is interactive in some way. You can destroy anything that exists. You can dig through the earth. So you can actually, you know, shift terrain around. Um, but again, it's a survival game and you can't build everything you can destroy. You know, you don't have that full level of customization. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of pose the question uh, to you guys. What is the uh, most interactive game world or game or, you know, kind of what I'm describing that you uh, you've seen? Well, what what do you actually mean by interactive? Like, is it like a, do you mean like the world is the most interactive? Do you mean you have like the most interactive character choices, story choices? Like how, how do you define is, interaction? Yeah, this is purely world focused. Like another game that I know you're familiar with because you kind of got me to at least try it at one point talking about it. Uh, Kenshi. Mm-hmm. You have this wide world of characters and places and things to do. Um, but it does lack in some areas. You know, you can build these cities. Mm-hmm. But you don't have the minute control over the buildings you can build and stuff like that. You can't, like... Design you your own buildings. Yeah, or... exactly. And you do have a pretty good amount of control over the layout yeah. of the inside. But, um, yeah. yeah, as far as uh, as far as details go can she's pretty far up there uh maybe uh maybe not the most as far as plot goes maybe not the most as far as uh you know actual uh mechanics go like the mechanics are pretty pretty tame even though they're they're mildly there uh god that's a good question most interactive game because I was thinking, I've and I, I think watching someone play Kenshi is kind of what stemmed this too. Mm-hmm. I was thinking, man, what if there was a game, and there are, I gave you a couple examples, but they're not quite what I'm looking for, but like, what if everything you could see in a game had some form of interaction? You could completely change the way this place looked. You know, you have a small village, but you can make it a field with nothing there. No people, no buildings, nothing. Now, there would be ramifications, you know, if you have the right mechanics in as well, you know, dealing with people, you mm-hmm. raise their houses. Now the people are angry and stuff and you have to fend them off and, you know. Uh, as far as the most stuff. 
most interactive game that I can think of is D&D. But, if we're talking video games, um, mm-hmm. it would be um, something like a, something that kind of takes those same base mechanics like a Harvest Moon or a, um, you know, as far as like world mechanics go. I think those are usually the most robust. Um, if you want to go into actual mechanics, mechanics, civilizations are pretty usually pretty deep. As far yeah, as their interactions and stuff like that's that. That's not really, uh, you're not really world building or interacting with the world. You're just building cities and she can terraform a little bit, but that's not really a lot of interaction with the world. I have one. Mm-hmm. I have one. Okay. Uh, and this was, I, I feel like this is this is outdated by now severely. And hopefully with more advancements of gaming technology and, and companies wanting to put more interactivity in games, uh Hopefully this will continue to become outdated. But I remember playing a game called Half-Life 2. I'm sure y'all have heard of it. What? And I remember being on a section of this game. I think it's called like Highway 17 or Street or uh, Roadway 17, something like that. And up until this point, I was doing the basic thing that Half-Life wants you to do. It's slight platforming, slight, uh, mostly puzzle-solving, first-person shooting action. I was enjoying all that, having a blast. I remember being not not stuck, mind you, but just stopping and playing on Highway 17 for days, if not weeks. <laughs> and the main, the only thing I was doing was getting in that little cart. I'd ride that cart down the road. I'd get to a house. I would stop. I'd get out the cart, and I'd go to the house. I'd open the door. I'd find what shit inside I could grab. I'd pick up paint cans. Mind you, with the gravity gun. So the gravity gun is already adding a whole new factor of fun to it. But, yeah, I'd go inside the house and, like, oh, there's a there's a chest of drawers. Let me, let me take this gravity gun and see if I can pull the chest of drawers out of the house. Hey, I did it. Well, let me see if I can shoot it. How far this gravity gun can shoot that chest of drawers across the way. Uh, Here's paint cans. I pick up a paint can and shoot it. And then I'm like, what the fuck is that? And I run over there to where it freaking landed and it splattered paint everywhere. It's like, ah, look at that detail. That's that's, that's nice. That's awesome. Uh, Picking up, uh, I won't not have to go back and play it to see if it was this level but I could have swore you could pick up things and break glass with it too like I think I remember picking up boards and like shooting them through glass windows and breaking glass when I had done enough with one house I'd get back in the buggy and I'd ride down to the next car, next house and just go fuck around I spent an incredible amount of time in that game just interacting with the world that they gave me and again a little bit a little bit of crutch there because there i did have the uh i did have a gravity gun mm-hmm. but nice you know it stopped my whole entire gameplay and it actually happened again later on when i went to ravenholm yes i know we don't go to ravenholm but you do go to ravenholm and it was it was hey you could shoot people I, actually i think they took your guns and they kind of forced you to use stuff around you and you walk in this room and there's nothing but freaking razor bl- uh, uh uh saw blades all over the place oh hell yeah i bet you can cut some shit with these yeah you cut people in half awesome uh again this is a fairly older game in the terms of interactive interactivity but one of the first times that i got to interact with things and it so much that it took me out of the game and I enjoyed it. 
I loved it. Yeah. Uh, as far as story, Chris, and I think Adam, you could put you in on this. Uh, Witcher Three, maybe. Witcher Three has a lot of interactivity as far as story goes. Uh, both direct and indirect. You know, we have. I'm pretty sure we both have stories of going through a city or going to do a going to do a quest, and they're like, "Yeah, we want you. You're here at A. We just want you to go to B and drop this thing off. Come back and get your money." And the halfway to B, uh, you get stopped by a random NPC, kind of like Red Dead Two, almost actually. Uh-huh. But I feel like maybe maybe it did a little bit better. But yeah, one thing would lead to another thing, lead to another thing. Whether they were scripted or not, I don't know. I don't care. Uh, I felt like I was interacting with that world. I felt like what I was doing had had some weight to it, had some mm-hmm. levity. I felt like you don't know what's going to happen next. You think you're just going to go do this mission. Maybe you will. Maybe then we go just fine. You get your gold and you move on. But maybe you're going to wind up in another country. You know, it's just shit happens, man. Mm-hmm. I think the as far as story interaction goes, maybe uh, Fallout New Vegas. Because I can, if I remember correctly, most of the, every companion had two different outcomes for how their quests could play out, at least. And uh, every story faction mission had, I think, four possible outcomes. So... When you got to the end of the game and you started watching like, okay, this is how this went and this is how that went and blah, 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 blah. And this is the ramifications of all that and how it affected everything else. Da, 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 da. I think that one had the most uh, variables as far as how one thing could change to the next. Um, yeah. Because any in any given situation, you could choose one of the three factions or yourself. And so you could be like, you know. Where do I want the power from this power station to go? Uh, well, I'm going to send it all to Vegas, or I'm going to distribute it equally, or I'm just going to fucking destroy this damn thing, or, you know, I'm, you know, not going to send any of it out. I'm going to use this thing as a weapon, et cetera. Um, so, and you ended up with a bunch of different variables on how everything could play out, and they all had uh, pretty big ramifications for how other things played out later on. Um, yeah, I think if we're looking at the strings of games, and I realize this is this is sometimes going to lead to a bad thing because you don't want to look at the numbers, you want to look at the colors. <laughs> but when you look at what makes interactivity, I think Adam's hitting it on the head for a, a lot of points. It's 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 variables. It's yeah. what what I do, how much of what I am doing actually has an effect on things. Point one. Point two is, and then. How much does how much can I interact with it? How mm-hmm. much can I fuck with it? Uh, I think a good example of this for the story stuff, Chris, as well, given variables, is a game uh, I think you played was Detroit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I haven't played it, but I saw when two best friends played through it and watching them finish a scene or finish a a, a story part, and they're like, okay, we did A C G F and H, and now we're at Z. All right, let's see. And they're like, oh my god, there's like fourteen fucking paths yeah. we could have went down. We could have took a left at this damn thing right here and looked in this trash can, and that would have taken us to a whole different story part than what we than what we did. Yep. That's that's awesome. That is what I'm hoping Cyberpunk 2077 is going to bring us. I hope it's going to have that level of, say, narrative interactivity or story interactivity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I hoping. think I think my big thing 
when it comes to interactivity is that we don't have a good mix of both. We have a lot of games that have good world interactivity. You know, you can build and destroy and interact with, you know, lots of items, but maybe not all of them. Uh, I would like to see all of them. But also, as you manipulate the world, like I said, you interact with people, you interact with animals and places and, uh, you know, all these other things like Detroit. So many decision points have such a huge impact. Okay, we'll combine that with world building and uh, uh, like Adam mentioned, D&D. Like thing, if you think about a game like Pathfinder uh, and other games like that, the uh, isometric CRPGs and stuff, they often have some aspect of the interactivity where mm-hmm. you have all these NPCs, you make choices, and your choices have ramifications. You have factions and all these things. All these, all these decisions matter. Mm-hmm. But there's not really a good mix of the two, you know? The thing about it is, is when you... If you look at it from a behind-the-curtain perspective, every time mm-hmm. you add another variable, you increase exponentially the amount of work that is required. So oh, yeah. if you yeah. were to make yeah. uh, the story ridiculously variable and you were to make the uh, world infinitely variable, well, what are they going to do if you dusted everything? If you turn this, like, uh, you know, once luscious grassland into a field, a barren desert, well, think of all the ramifications that would have yeah. on a society. Animals die, people die, uh-huh. you know, people come and investigate, you know, find you or you hide from them or, you know, all these things. There's so many cool things that could happen from that. And yes, I understand it'd be a monumental undertaking. Oh, yeah. I've been, like I said, this has kind of put me down a rabbit hole. I've been thinking a lot about game design and uh, world building and uh, thought presses behind a lot of this. Because, like, you know, I have my little Twitch bot and I'm thinking of, you know, game basic game mechanics. And then I'm like, well, let's take it a step further. If I want to look at the story aspect of it, well, okay. I don't, I hate the standard RPG quest. Hey, go fetch me this item. Hey, go kill X number of enemies. Uh-huh. I, stop it. Give me story. Give me something that I care about, you know. Go over here and help these people out. You know, talk to them. Your quest may literally... I don't know the last time I saw a quest. I, I know I have before, so I'm not saying they don't exist. But I don't know the last time I saw a quest that said, hey, this person needs help. Why don't you just go talk to them? See what you can do for them. And just talking yeah. to them, there's your quest. I think, mm-hmm. like you said, Witcher, I think it has a little bit of that in there because you have these dialogue choices. You make decisions. Oh, and yeah. That just oh, end, yeah. you know, Things that play solves out very the problem differently or compared. makes it worse, you know? Yeah. And that's... That's what I'm talking about. You know, I want this complexity. I want this interaction with the world that it's not go ahead, go fetch me five hides, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It, I, I feel like, uh, unfortunately, even in 2019, even with with technology growing at the rate it's growing, with everything that we are afforded today, I still feel like the the level of interactivity, the level of... Uh, Man, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, diversity, the level of things that are different in the game, mm-hmm. variables, the level of variable, the level, the amount of variables, the more that we want in the game, in the in our games, is still limited by one, the technology we have to a degree, but also by the manpower that's going to take to produce it. A case in point is Red Dead Redemption Two. There is a lot of interactivity in Red Dead Redemption 2. Mm -hmm. There is a lot of, hey, shit can go bonkers. 
hey, shit can be a one, two step thing. It could be a six step thing. It could turn into an all day event. I, I get that. But you can still find things in that game where it's like, all right, let me push this into this. Oh, it doesn't work. Oh, you can't do that. You're over limited to the, to the code. Uh-huh. Imagine being somebody on the team that developed Red Dead Redemption 2 and being like, guys, we've got, we've got a 260,000 page uh, spreadsheet of all the things you could possibly do in this game. And then you're just finding things left and right that say, nope, I'm limited by the code. And it's just, it's a lot of work. Yeah. It's yeah. a lot of work. It's going to take, it's, it takes multiple, multiple teams across multiple countries, even perhaps multiple years to make this level of, of, of complexity that we want. There is a game out there that is super, sort of promising to do this or definitely trying to do this and good time to shout this game out again adam unless you've fallen off the horse of it uh star citizen mm-hmm. star citizen is promoting this hey there's gonna be who who knows what the fuck you're gonna be you can be what you want to be you mm-hmm. can do anything and that leaves a wide open book and but I one, think Adam. Once again, it kind of it kind of goes into it because your story mode's going to fall off a good bit because of that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just like any other MMO, um, whenever you to take to add more to one well, you've got to take from the other. You, you're mm-hmm. dealing with it's a zero sum game. You can either have more interactivity on one side or the other. Because I mean, think about this. But <clears throat> let's make the most basic baby basic plot of a story possible okay there's a town and you're just kind of sitting in this town the ending of the town is based on your decisions etc if you scorched earth this town well they have to make they have to code the results of you scorched earthing it. if you just destroy their way of making money then they have to have a you know economic disparity ending okay mm-hmm. well if you destroy their way of getting food then they have to come up with an ending for that. If you destroy, you know, all the routes into the town, well, now you have to come up with an ending for that, et cetera, et cetera, ad nauseum. For every time you add one to this, it goes to that. And if you were to make the story more complicated in turn, so now you killed the mayor and then you scorched the earth. Well, now anything that was to do with the original mayor you know, assisting in this way. Well, now you have to make an alternate ending to that. So now you've just doubled. Add another choice. You killed the mayor and his dog. You killed the mayor, the, his dog, and, you know, you beat his daughter. And every single one of these things changes another one of those variables and add in doubles, yeah. triples, etc. the number of you're, possible you're, outcomes. And that, you know, at that point, it starts questions. to run away. Yeah, you're adding questions back to the computer. The computer mm-hmm. says, talk to this NPC. Go from step A to step B. And yeah, you may be able to do a little bit of questioning in there, but that's what your goal is. And you say, no, I actually killed that guy. Okay, okay. There's another NPC that gives you another quest now that you're on the dark side. No, I'm not on the dark side. That's just what I chose to do in that particular moment. Okay, well then we could do this, you could do that. Okay, what if I just glass the town? I mean, I realize that we're making like evil, evil extremes here, but the point is the computer or the program or the game specifically is going to have to almost in real time start 
making new plans, you mm-hmm. know, I new mean, results, if you new could, aftermaths and, in the moment. And I'm I bringing to bring this back up again. Uh, yeah, you can trip up a DM in a D&D game by doing this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. You can fuck his story up supremely by making a decision he didn't see coming or anything like that. Yeah, well, thanks, imagine Adam, what just you cast can... a spell magic on my door. Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> it happens. Uh, Top occur. I didn't think about that till after it occurred. Uh, the uh, it, it, just doing something like that can throw a monkey wrench, and a human on the spot has to think for a second to figure to come up with an outcome. Now you're mm-hmm. asking a team of humans to program a machine to make those decisions in real time. Yeah, and I don't know if that's just too big of a. I don't, I don't know. Maybe one day we might be able to do that. But I think it's a manpower issue and a technological issue. I don't know really if you do. get. I don't think if you gave them an infinite amount of time with current level tech, it could be done. Yeah, yeah. So they're trying to get as close as they can, but it, it, it's it's still small. We, this is why we need all the companies to fucking come together. That's <laughs> we right. need the companies to come together and pool all their assets and make the ultimate game like this. I just need to put I mean, Kojima imagine, in your living room. And he programs uh, things in real time. Imagine you're in like a first person mode and you're talking to a quest. You're talking to an NPC giver. Like you're in uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, whatever. You're talking to an NPC in first person. He's like, yeah, so we should take the, the, the beans down to the end of the way. So this is what happened. This is why we are. And in the middle of him talking to you in your peripheral, you see somebody doing something and you just like, Hey, hold that thought. I want to go find that. How? Okay, so how does the NPC that you were talking to react to it? There's a script right there. All right, I see you're kind of busy. We'll get back to our conversation later. You know, that's just one example. Like my, my house is on fire. You can you not wait it later. I mean, it, yeah, yeah, etc. Yeah. etc. Et ad nauseum. And it just it, at that point, the stuff just runs away. And it, that's what yeah. I see happening. The more you do one thing. The more the other side suffers, and that is just a—it's unfortunate to me. Yeah, and we're—we're we're just talking about people that are just—you know—I just—I I just want to play my game my way. I want to—I want my character to emulate the way I want them to emulate, and I want to follow the story enough. But I'm going to follow it my way. We're not talking about extremists that are like day one, break this fucking game. Mm-hmm. Do anything and everything I possibly can to go against the code. I want the code to be fucking marbles when it when I'm done with it. You know, we don't have anything like that today. <laughs> we have things that try. We have things that come close to the idea of what we're going for, but it's still set patterns. It's still set routines. Mm-hmm. And yeah, when you look at it enough, you can fucking see the numbers of the code of the matrix. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can you can see what's going on. <sighs> I hope for the day where we have more interactivity. (laughs) So kind of a follow-up to this, you know, I've been talking about interactivity. I was really, again, as I got on this rabbit hole, thinking about all the game stuff that, you know, I'd like to see. And I'd like to even write, you know, because I like doing my little amateur coding. Um, Mm -hmm. But what is... I'm I'm trying to decide between two questions. Maybe I'll just ask them both and let you guys pick which one you want to answer. Uh, Maybe save another one, one of them for another day. Uh, here's the first question. What is one feature in games that you would either like to see or like to see improve? The second question is, if you could make a game 
what type of game would you make? I can do uh, either, so I'll let you choose. I feel like I have answers for both, but on the spot, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm flaking here. Because, uh, like, I would make an RPG just straight up. I f- that was the first thing that came to my mind, too. I mean, yeah, I feel like an RPG is what I would immediately go to because uh-huh. I, I, I want to develop a, a good story, you know. But there's, there's also just Katamari games that I just want to make. I just want to make something <laughs> where people just fucking eh, just if, get into and I have would, fun. I would not pick a single genre. You know what I would do if I could do anything, and it would just be left out. I would make an engine that perfectly emulated a human experience and not when i when mm-hmm. i say perfectly emulated i mean as best we can yeah. so you could take this engine and use it for an rpg just as easy as you could use it for a sports game or a shooter or whatever you'd be able to crank the physics around i'd be all in on the physics and the damage modeling and etc and just have that be my primary focus. I, w- I want to have physics so extreme you need your own card to run them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so they okay, they start they start having a a graphics card and then underneath it you have a physics card that just handles all the physics calculations that are required. Well, that was a totally th- a thing. Was it? Yeah, that used to be the thing when games first started getting these heavy physics engines. You know, for the for now we're looking at them going that's nothing, but back in the day, yeah, you had. A graphics card, and I want to say they actually called them physics cards. Really? If oh, not, wow. they were graphical cards that focused on physics, or there's some uh, delineation you could do. This card's for graphics, this one's for physics, and so they're both technically graphics cards. To give you an idea of how I want this to be, as far as uh, I want the everything internally on a human being to be modeled for every person, NPC, everything, every animal. Every every day, I want you to be able to go. Well, this football player just tore his ACL. This soldier just took a bullet through his thigh, and this vein and this vein are now spewing blood at this rate. Mm-hmm. Uh, this building got hit here. This is how it changed the structural integrity. Uh, you know, this stadium full of fans is screaming, so the voice, you know, and it's shaped in this way, so the volume is increasing at this rate. All all these kind of things, you know, I want to see modeled in one engine. To where it could be easily turned around, it could just as easily be an action game as it could be a sports game or mm-hmm. an RPG or whatever, what have you. And just have everybody kind of collectively keep adding to it. Kind of like in uh, Unity or a Unreal type thing and people just make games out of it. Yeah. You know, to where, you know, you have, uh, you know, people play a flight sim. And now, you know, they're using this hyper-realistic physics model and damage modeling for the aircraft and all this kind of stuff, you know? So you're Oxygen like, Oxygen oh. effects. Yeah, stuff like that. Altitude effects. You know? The, the way fire spreads is realistic, so, you know, you get hit with a incendiary round in this specific location while well, these wires catch fire and they spread to the fuel tanks and it causes this chain reaction of other events. yeah. So, you know, and then you go to the Old West and you have like a lantern fall over in the back of a, you know, a covered wagon and it spreads in a completely different way. I can see like the PlayStation commercial for this like in my head as you're as you're describing all these. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that if I was to have the uh, ability to create one thing 
I think that would be the most awesome lasting thing to ever leave because you could tone down, you know, you could, you could have like a setting in there for Hollywood physics. You know, you could have a setting in there for re- super realistic, you know, you could turn off things that you don't need. They'd be like a list of check boxes. Yeah. So you make, you're making or a flight modules. sim. You're making a flight sim. You don't need to model this dude's heartbeat or do you? Well, I mean, you would. <laughs> you know, uh, well, I'm, you know, I, as far as like his ligaments and stuff like that are maybe not so important. You don't want the guy pulling sure. his fucking hand while he's doing g's or whatever uh but or would you <laughs> or would you and see that's the that's the question that every developer would be asking themselves and they'd be making these decisions and they i think it's interesting to have them make those kind of decisions because i want to see what what comes of it you know what i mean yeah. and mm-hmm. you know um i think those would be that would be awesome i don't know if it'll ever be done i th- i would just lo- if i could just keep the damage model i'd be happy but the rest of the physics would be awesome. Totally awesome. I think that the more we model the physics and the more accurately modeled the physics get, as long as everything, you know, when you look at Red Dead 2, you know those people are hollow on the inside. Yeah. Not figuratively, but literally. Yeah, but just the way that they're, the, the way they're coded and models, designed in the yeah. game. Yeah, wire models. Yeah. yeah, they've got, they're an empty thing with a skin around it. Yeah, they don't really have weight. They don't really have that. They fall in the way they fall, and it may be dynamically, but every once in a while you'll see the dude's neck like extend out into space or something like that. Some weird <laughs> graphical error will happen. Well, if that happens in the crazy engine, I want to see like the dude's neck snap and all the bones break and all that kind of stuff. You know? Yeah. Imagine the bugs in an engine like that. <laughs> the next character just randomly dies going everywhere. Your god like, dies just because like like some veins got stretched or something like that when he fell. People just you randomly stub your die. toe and it's just a chain reaction. <laughs> oh man, I can imagine some like utterly awful like that at times that would get, you know, that'd be one of the things they had to watch out for is like how much realism do you really really want? Cause, yeah. you know, this guy fucking kills himself because he slammed into a wall going just a little bit too fast. And it was like a freak accident. He fell off a ladder. Yeah. He tripped in a hole and died. <laughs> and, you know. Yeah, I think I, I feel like this would have to be the the universe's ultimate sandbox game. You know, because think about it. If you play a game where like all the scenarios that you mentioned earlier, you could just be it they whether they do it in a game way or not like you know you're in a fucking animus situation or you just have the ability to travel time i don't fucking know but imagine if so we're already at one level of impossibility thinking about you as a person having complete and total agency over everything at any given second now imagine doing that across other like yeah well you can also do this through time you know if you want to travel back yada 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 uh-huh. how much of this I, I, this is why i'm saying it i'm, I'm making the argument this could just possibly should should and could only be a sandbox because how in the fuck do you create the story around it i think the story is just the game the story is whatever you make of it mm-hmm. but you it's really hard to have a strong tied up in a neat bow narrative over all that 
Yeah, like because a Kenshi. Never, the, yeah, because ge- the game does not know where the fuck you're going. The game doesn't know what you're doing. The game the game doesn't know what you're gonna do next, and it doesn't have you know. I'm sorry, the big bad that I that I was bringing up, uh, you actually went you know three years in the future and burned him to death. So my, my, I guess I can make a new baddie. Like <laughs> we are, uh-huh. there's no, we don't have this technology yet. <laughs> no. Our no. ideas are. I can, I can see them doing something like Skyrim where they have people marked as essential, maybe buildings marked as essential. You know, they they just click a box while they're making something and make it a thing immortal or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And that would be immersion breaking, but it would keep people from murdering their story. Well, uh, you right. could you could do it in a way that uh, would basically not necessarily break immersion, but prevent the character from even being able to reach that point. You know, maybe they're never powerful enough to take on these people, you know. Mm-hmm. These are the biggest, baddest uh, soldiers, police, whatever time frame you want to use and setting you want to use. These are the best of the best. You're never going to be able to topple them, you know, and to scorch earth this place, you have to get through them. You know, well, they are I, the defenders. And that's the thing is that... that that just brings me that D&D mindset. Well, they've got a weakness somewhere, and you catch them while they're sleeping, <laughs> yeah. and you burn yeah. the house they're in down, and they never got to fight you. And, yeah, for, and- for all our listeners, Adam does exactly what he's describing now. He will take your campaign, and he will do everything he can to not be what you wanted to happen. Damn. <laughs> Which is good. Keeps the, DM, keeps the DM on their toes, you know? Damn. Oh, man. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I like to think outside the box, or at least I, I try to. Um, but one of the uh, one of the major things I found was if you don't have very good odds, and this applies to D&D as well as other games, if I will cheat the shit out of something if I can't beat it. That's, yeah. that's my motto. Mm-hmm. If you can't beat it, cheat it. Uh, then, <laughs> you know, so it doesn't matter if it's a super powerful fighter in D&D or these boss mobs in this hypothetical game, I would find a way to, to circumvent that. But there is a way to circumvent me circumventing it, and that's to take the player agency away. Uh, so yeah. say you enter this certain town or whatever, and all of a sudden, you know, uh, you go to equip your Molotov cocktail, and it says use of weapons, oh, carrying weapons is prohibited, you know. Then your mm-hmm. your character mentally blocks the player from taking said actions. Now that doesn't stop you from ramming a lantern and watching the fire proliferate <laughs> through the town. So you've got to have more in place than just that. But that's yeah. a good start, you know. That just it made me think. Uh, you know, breaking a, uh, or destroying a place. Uh, you destroy it, but then you come back. You know, say a week in game time. Mm-hmm. And there are found new foundations being laid, a couple people, workers there. You come back a week later, you've got, you know, smaller buildings are being finished up and you got bigger buildings in construction. You can see framework, you know, the wood and frames and all that in place. Mm-hmm. And you keep coming back and it keeps growing back until eventually it gets back to where it was. Uh, new residents move in, you know, the uh, chain of command and the powers, the authority structure is all back in place. And you just do it again. <laughs> yep. And you just, yeah. You, this time you try, instead of destroying the world by fire, you decide to flood it out and see how that changes everything. And <laughs> yes. the, ne- the next time you bring like a swarm of wild animals, and the next time you just cut power and see how they scrap it out. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, 
I actually struggled today to make myself go back and play some more Kingdom Hearts 2. Not because I didn't want to, mm-hmm. but because this this game design bug has bit me. So I started working more on my D&D world building and stuff and thinking more about, you know, video game code. And the other day I was looking on the Unity store at all their little modules you can get because the Unity store is great. You can get modules for just about every part of a game you want. You know, you could build a game with nothing but almost free or fairly cheap pieces. Put them together and hey, you have a basic RPG. You just fill in your text box, you know, blanks for dialogue. You've got a game. Uh, So, man, I want to make a game. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like another thing that you're going to need instead of just one physics engine, I think you need three engines. You need a chaos engine. You need a you need a chaos check engine, and then you need a story keep up engine. Because <laughs> you need you need the engine there to handle all the weird shit you're doing. You need another one there to go. All right, well you can do it, but you can't do it to everything. And I'm here to sweep up what you did wrong. And then the big one's the one going. I'm the one giving you life through all this. I see. I think I'm giving you I'm giving you meaning and purpose throughout all this shit you're doing. I think if somebody, it would be the easiest to do. If somebody modeled actual reality, because you have reality as a basis for all this, um, you just modeled that in one team with no idea for a game, no concept for any of it, just comes up and makes a template for how to do this. You know, if you want to make a dragon, then model the inside of the dragon yourself. We're not putting a dragon in this game engine, you know, uh, but we make it to where it's very easy for you to figure out how you want to do it. Uh, there's no saber tooth tigers, but if you want one, you can make one. It's real easy. Or at least it's, yeah. it's something a programmer or a team of programmers could do. Uh, but as long as you focus on just the physics of it and nothing else, no story, no nothing. This is not a game. This is an engine. Then it's doable and it takes an entire section of, excuse me. <coughs> it takes an entire section of work away from the game designer because now he doesn't have to worry about any of that now he's just got to worry about okay well i want to tell a good story and i don't want these things to happen so let me go around uncheck that uncheck this uncheck that and you know pick the the presets i want and then modify those customize them how i want them to be etc you know and you like you were saying there's like four or five different things but over time you start out with just the physics and you get that perfect and where people can add things and, you know, patches come out and update it. Then maybe somebody comes along and comes up with an AI script that works in every scenario. <coughs> wow. Um, and they use that. And suddenly it works just as well for the new Madden game as it does for Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. You know? It's definitely a good question you posed to the to the to the council, Chris. <laughs> I gotta say, yeah. I th- at the end of the day, interactivity is something that we all want. Even if you don't know you want it, trust mm-hmm. me, you want it. Because when you get in those games that have even a little bit, again, just using Red Dead as an example, there are there are moments in that game that are just, huh? I I just wonder if, and then you get an answer. Yep. And I, th- I feel that, that that's that's something that gamers enjoy, you know, whether it's a puzzle game or an RPG, anytime that something's put in front of us and it's like A, B or C, you're like, you know what, just want to see what happens if I touch D and you touch that one and it goes, oh, well, hey, well, I'm still on the right path, but yeah, I didn't know I could do that. 
I was wondering what would happen if I would have pushed that or moved that or questioned that or talked to mm-hmm. that person. Yeah, the more of that you have, the better off you are in the gaming world. And hopefully more companies will, will get in line with that. Again, I, I have high hopes for, for uh, Cyberpunk 2077 mm-hmm. outside of the fact of it being you know, hopefully a damn near one-to-one faithful translation of the game because I haven't played the game. I'm looking at it from what I see. I look at it from I'm seeing that scene where, or that trailer where it's like quick cut to one thing, to another thing, to another thing. And any at any point, I'm hoping I can interact with those. At any point, I hope I can go to a section of the of the map and see something going on, and then walk forty steps and see something else completely different. That's that's immersion. That's some interactivity. That's mm-hmm. some variety that that we need. Because I would have no problem in that game fucking off if that's what it came down to. I wouldn't be like this Red Dead situation where I'm striving to get the story because I need that payoff. This is more like, I kind of feel like I've seen the majority of what you've given me, and okay, cool, I need something more. We all want more. And when interactivity comes into play, we definitely want more. Uh, So audience out there, in the end of time cast world, what do you think about interactivity? Is there enough interactivity in your games today? Is it too much? What's missing? What would you like to see changed? What are some games like Chris posed the question to us? What are some games that you play where you've had a level of interactivity that you enjoyed that was memorable for you? What about games that you played and you said, nah, I wish I could have done this. I wish this would have had this. I wish I went to this and tried this and I got nothing. I feel that's a missed opportunity. Tell us about what missed opportunities you had. It's great discussion for, for a, a roundtable discussion. I realize it's going to be in the comments, but we'll do what we can. <laughs> uh, what about any of the games that we talked about tonight? Uh, have you listened to our advice yet and went out and played Persona 5? If not, oh my god, please go. We're going to keep telling you about this. You're, you're going to keep hearing it until you finally go, fine, fuck it, I'll go play it. Just go play it. Trust me, you're <laughs> Get killed by RNG. It. It's great. Yeah, yeah. Go play some uh, Go play some Red Dead. Tell us what you think about it. Go play God of War and find out why so many people are giving it Game of the, game of the Year no, awards and nominations. Uh... Yeah, just anything gaming related. We love to hear about your your stories, uh, anything like that. And there, there's many ways to get a hold of us. Uh, you can go to Facebook and search for End of Time Cast. Uh, it, it should take you to right to our page. It might be how you find this episode right here. Uh, we have an email. You can email us uh, at endoftimecast at gmail.com. That's endoftimecast at gmail.com. No funny numbers in there. Just spell it like you heard it. We have a Twitter page. You can tweet us, retweet us, whatever you want to do there. Almost like a, like I said, Norman tweet us. Norman tweet us. Right <laughs> yeah. You gotta save that one for uh, for the next death, death, death stranding, whatever. Norman tweet us. And also... <laughs> In addition to our normal spiel, we have a fourth place that you can get a hold of us because our upload, our uh, episodes, slowly but surely, are all being uploaded to YouTube now as well. So at as of this recording, we're about 12 or 13 episodes deep. It takes a while to upload and encode and all that shit to YouTube. So it's going to be a couple months before we're all the way up to speed. But the, the result, the ending result is... 
which means the same thing is we're going to be putting the episodes on SoundCloud and then probably the next day or the next day after that, they will be on YouTube as well. And YouTube being the monster it is, you can leave comments down there as well. Lots of ways to get a hold of us. Lots of ways to uh, to take our podcast and listen to it or download it. And any way is convenient for you. We hope you're enjoying it the way that we're that we're making it and putting it out there for you. We hope that YouTube is a better option for you as well. I, I know that people are like that. There are multiple other podcast places I, I we could upload this as well. We just don't have the the time or the currency right now to do that. So SoundCloud and YouTube is your best way to 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 check us out. And there's four separate ways to get a hold of us, and we encourage you to. We genuinely do because it's awesome. It's genuinely awesome to hear from fans, from not just fans, just fellow gamers. Because again, that's how this podcast even started. Just you know, a couple people just talking about what they like and what they enjoy. Uh, before I sign off this podcast episode, we're not going to do this forever. So I'm so sorry for everybody that's going to down the road when we have 17,000 comments coming at us and we can't read them all. But just thought it was, I thought it would be a nice little shout out to our very first YouTube comment ever. I think that's pretty fucking awesome. Somebody listened to us and enjoyed it. Uh, Instagram, uh, GLE said one of the best PC versus console debates ever. I'm definitely liking and sharing. That was back on our uh, 11th episode where we had it was a guest cast actually, hmm. and we debated PC versus console. So that's been thank a while. You. Yeah, the it has dark been. ages before I was on. <laughs> you mean the golden times? So, yes. <laughs> So thank you, GLE. That appreciated. And again, uh, we, we won't be reading everybody's comments, but we will be answering questions. Uh, hopefully, down the road when we get more when we get more uh, comments coming our way, especially the ones that pose questions, we will be having some email sections. Uh, hopefully, every episode, if not every other episode. And yeah, that'll be something to look forward to. But. For right now, it's just us talking to you. We encourage you to talk back to us, and we hope you enjoyed your time. So, yeah, that's going to do it for tonight's episode. And until next time, I'm Michael. I'm Chris. And I'm Adam. Good night, everybody. Bitches. <laughs> <laughs>